Warning, Tongue and Geek contains heavy spoilers. If you haven't read, watched, or played the content being reviewed this episode, know that we will definitely spoil major plot points. Also, this show isn't for kids. We use words like and and it would take too much time and effort to edit them all out. Please don't tell our moms. Finrir howls terribly before the doors to hell. The wolf will break its bonds and run. I know much wisdom. I see deep in the future all the way to Ragnarok. A dark day for the gods. Brothers will fight one another and kill one another. Cousins will break peace with one another. The world will be a hard place to live in. It will be an age of adultery, an age of the axe, an age of the sword, an age of storms, an age of wolves. Shields will be cloven. Before the world sinks in the sea, there will be no man left who is true to another. The giants are at play, and the god's fate is kindled at the blast of Yallerhorn. Heimdall blows that horn hard, holds it high aloft. Odin speaks with Mimir's head. The old tree sighs when the giant shakes it. Yggdrasil still stands, but it trembles. Finrir howls terribly before the doors to hell. The wolf will break its bonds and run. I know much wisdom. I see deep in the future. All the way to Ragnarok. A dark day for the gods. Hello, lovely listeners. And welcome to Tongue and Geek, where two more white guys on the internet give their unsolicited opinions on all things geeky. I'm Isaac. I'm Tyler. And we have two guests for this very special episode. The first is our dear friend, Erica. Say hi, Erica. Hi, guys. Fantastic. And our second guest returning for his third appearance is Tyler, a.k.a. T2, a.k.a. Diet T. Say hi, Diet T. We could also go with T2, Rise of the Diabetes. That could work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm cool with that. And that is a good segue, this little joke that has broken the tension. Because today we're finally doing it. We've gathered the four people on Earth who hate this fucking movie to finally (laughs) sit down and review Thor Ragnarok. The 2017 MCU film directed by Taika Waititi with screenplay by Eric Pearson and the writing team of Craig Kyle and Christopher Yost. Tyler! Would you like to give us some background on this one? Okay. Uh, well, I thought you were going to follow up that dramatic reading of uh, whatever that was from. That was the Poetic Edda. The Poetic Edda. Yes. <laughs> the original I, I Norse mythology. I just didn't want to make an ass out of myself. <laughs> but I thought you were going to follow all that up with like a fart noise, but you didn't do it. I, might, I was also <laughs> expecting it. Yeah. I might edit yeah, in Benny Hill music or something in the final cut. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> the only background I want to talk about before Ragnarok is that 
this was considered like the bold reinvention of the Thor franchise within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. The first movie came out, it did okay, but it was you know wasn't as well received as the other Phase One Marvel movies because it sucks. So, Thor: The Dark World <laughs> is better than this one. Thor: The Dark World comes out considered bottom tier MCU. Mm-hmm. So at this point, Marvel's like, oh, you know, the Thor franchise is like the only one we've got going right now that's really not working. What do we do? Let's re let's reinvent it from the from the ground up. Let's hire up and coming, exciting filmmaker Taika Waititi. He's got a unique voice. He's got a unique vision. He could he could do something different with this to make to make Thor like a an A plus player in our massive Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. And financially, it worked um, for the vast majority of fans. It worked, but as uh, Isaac uh, has said. For the four people on earth that it didn't work for um it just it um you know yeah, it failed miserably <laughs> i did i did review review there's others who agree with us there are dozens of us dozens <laughs> what what gets me is that this is the movie that uh, chris hemsworth also praises up and down he's like this is the movie that i wanted to make from the beginning with thor this is like the first time I've really felt like in tune with the material. Mm-hmm. Like this is what we want. This is what we need to be doing from here on out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. don't get it. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Couple other bits of background before we just jump in. This film draws on elements from several different comics in Marvel. Um, it pulls from the Planet Hulk storyline. It pulls from Walter Simonson's '80s run of Thor. And it pulls from the 2004 Ragnarok six-part series by Malcolm. Ragnarok. Ragnarok. <laughs> I did that whole dramatic reading perfectly, but now I can't talk afterwards. Uh, by Michael Oming. Uh, also, obviously, based on the original Norse myth. An adaptation of an adaptation, if you will. I want to start... I was going to say, where are we going to start? Because we've talked about this and talked about this. Let's and get it out of the way. This. Let's talk about the very, 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 very few things that we like about this film. Okay. Our few positives. Who would like to start with a positive thing about Thor Ragnarok? Shit, now I gotta think about... No, I I think I can offer one, which is Tyler 1 and Isaac and I just rewatched this together. We needed... I needed like a group effort to be able to really shore myself up to be able to do it. And like we mentioned many times throughout watching it, it has a very physically attractive cast. (laughs) Like Mark Ruffalo aside. Oh no. Ouch. Ouch. (laughs) We've got, we've got Chris Hemsworth. We've got Tom Hiddleston coming back. We've got Idris Elba coming back. We've got Kate Blanchett, probably being the hottest she's ever been. Uh Um, We've got, uh, we got Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. Um, and technically, if you're of a certain type, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> so we we have a really solid like, attractiveness cast, and a lot of those people are very talented. Yeah. So the casting is good. What's Valkyrie's <laughs> name? Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Yeah. yeah. She's very good looking as well. Mm-hmm. Um, True. Shit. There's nothing positive we were able to come up for her besides that, so I didn't mention. We'll get yeah, to her. He's on the list. Anything else from Erica or anyone in general? Just jump in. I know with there's. A nice st- thing. I know there's something, but like. 
they're tiny little moments, and I can't think of them off the top of my head until we start talking about the movie proper. There are so let's... there are a few visually impressive moments, and we mentioned you brought this yeah. point up, yeah. Tyler. Was that Marvel yeah. and this film in particular has a problem where they have some really great moments of visuals, but the overall films tend to end up being pretty standard or amateurish. I'm thinking of the scene in the opening with Mjolnir flying around Thor and smashing through a bunch of people. That was a pretty cool shot. Valkyrie's whole backstory is shot very, very well in like this slow motion. I thought the Hulk versus Fenrir fight was interesting as short as it was because it's like the two very different anatomical creatures battling it out. I really like one particular scene. We can save this for later. Yeah, we can save that. Um, Let's go. Let's see if T2's got something unless you needed to finish up. No, go ahead, T2. No, the only positive thing that because I when I say I took notes, these are very few notes because I think we're all going to be in agreement on most of this. There weren't a lot of main things that I thought I'm going to make sure I point that out. We can wait on this, too. But the, the scene that I really thought was visually impressive was it's not like the final, final fight scene, but it's almost the final fight scene where he's going through without the hammer and just laying waste to people. I thought that looked cool. Other than that, I don't have a lot positive to say. Mm. Okay, setting the tone right off the bat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I guess, Isaac, I'm sure you have a structure for this. So should we just like bullet point every aspect of this where we think it fails miserably? Well, no. for, for, first I want to preface something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm being somewhat of a hypocrite because I've mentioned before on the pod that like I don't want to be the type of person that puts um, content out on the internet about entertainment that just is like jaded and cynical and shits on things. But I'm going to make an exception here <laughs> because sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's fun. And um, we know that we're the ones that are in the minority, you know, like we're the weird ones. And it's yeah. baffling. <laughs> it's baffling. It's a so mind boggling enigma. I do not <laughs> comprehend what everyone else is seeing in this film. I gave this a rewatch. My wife, literally the entire time I'm watching it, just keeps saying, I don't get why you don't like this movie. <laughs> I, just, I just don't get why you don't like this movie. I have the watched this. Rewatch. I have watched this film four times. And Jesus, I have, my I have gone through four <laughs> stages of grief in doing it. Starting with denial. The first time I watched this film, I was in denial. I'm like, this is, this is okay. This is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I like this. I like this, right? And then we moved on to like bargaining. Like I like this part. Okay, I can I can hold on to this part and forgive this other part. And then I moved on to anger. <laughs> and now with this latest viewing, I think I was just in like depression. <laughs> it's just like it's not even funny anymore. It's <laughs> just bad. Just a bad so I, slog of the movie. Yeah. I need to get through the last, what is it, three more stages of grief so I can finally hit acceptance. <laughs> I'm going to watch this film three more times so I can finally come to terms with Thor Ragnarok. Well, can I give some background on my relationship with Thor as a character? Yeah. yeah. I go watch, you know, because obviously when the MCU is still very fresh, I'm like most people and like a lot of people still are, you know, it's like opening weekend and it's Thor is out. It's oh, this is going to be sick. This is going to be so good. I go watch the first movie and I left the theater. The entire group of friends I went with, we all kind of felt deflated, kind of like that was a swing and a miss. That wasn't good. <laughs> so then I don't go see the second one in theaters. I watch it, you know, when it's released on home viewing. I don't know. 
I guess it was streaming at that point. I don't know what I watched it on, but I watched it at home and I watched it and I thought, man, that, that one sucked too. And I told a lot of people that, and that's why I skipped Ragnarok initially. And then everyone I talked to said, oh man, this is the opposite of the first two. This movie's hilarious. You're going to love it because it's the opposite and you hated the first one and the second one. So you're definitely going to love this. And I did not at all. I finished it and felt more deflated than when I watched the first one (laughs) because everyone told me that I was going to love this movie. Yeah. 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 And, um, that kind of, um, brings up how uh, my reaction to it is kind of like the opposite of, of, of Isaac's where (laughs) 2017, I was, I was in my petulant, you know, anti MCU phase where I just like was kind of over it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I didn't see it in theaters, even though at the time I thought it could be good. Isaac's like, yeah, I saw it. I liked it. But like his whole like delivery of that, I'm like, I don't think he really did. There's a lot and of like, defense. Ca- There's a lot of defense. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of didn't care. Like I was ambivalent. It came out on streaming. I'm like, okay, it's out. Let's see what the fuss is. But I was still kind of burnt out on the MCU. And Although I didn't like it, like there wasn't a strong reaction. I was just like, yeah, yeah, that I, I don't see the hype. That kind of sucked. But then, as I thought about it more and more, I hated it more and more. <laughs> and I got more angry uh-huh. at it. And now this is the second and a half time I've seen it. And now I think I dislike it the most I've ever disliked it. Really? You're getting more intense? Yes. And um, what T2 said reminded me of the first like defense that or not I don't want to say defense but the first like thing people say like well you know like even if it's like a totally different tone and execution like they had to do it because the first two movies didn't work for a lot of people and like they had to like you know reinvent it and I'm like there's a way to like inject new blood into a franchise without completely uprooting everything that it established and what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a way to take the Thor movies and the Thor character that isn't a complete 180. Uh, from there, I guess, uh, where, where do we jump to? I didn't get to get oh, personal background. Personal background, my love. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I think I'm in the minority here, definitely with you guys and, and with some other people too, in that I actually really liked uh thor oh i like 20, the first one too. 2011 it has actually a really special place in my heart because i the weekend that it came out uh was going to visit my friend who lived a couple hours away where she was going to college we saw it opening night together in a really packed college town like the hype was really real and um it was just a really fun time that i had with her and a really special memory mm-hmm. and uh she ended up passing away in an accident a few years later so it's like a really treasured thing that I have that that time we had together. And it was also the first time I saw Tom Hiddleston and he like walked on the screen and I every so often there's an actor that I just I get stupid. I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> like you, you, uh-huh. uh, you know, Ewan McGregor, Johnny Depp, those those ones from my past. But in 2011, uh, it had been quite a while since an actor came on and, and made me feel like a teenager. I was like, hello, Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> um, anyway, I really liked the story that the first Thor was telling. I thought it was really simple and had a lot of good things that we'll get into later. And then like Avengers picked up. So I, I had a lot of hope for Thor Ragnarok, especially because the two words that you see um, used in most reviews describe this movie were hilarious and action-packed. 
And those are the two terms that I just really feel are so completely diametrically opposite from from what I see yeah. when I when I watch Thor Ragnarok. But I I like Isaac had gone in and I started realizing pretty quickly I was like, am I actually not going to like this? Is this actually not good? No one around me really seems to feel that way. So I, I think we need to start with a general discussion of the tonal shift that this film takes from mm-hmm. its predecessors. Yes. So yeah. Thor 1, for its flaws, I, I like a big ch- section of Thor 1, specifically the first half when he's in Asgard and whatnot. I like Thor's journey in that film. For its flaws, it is a cohesive narrative of a reckless young hero learning to be humble and learning to empathize with people who our enemies realizing that like we're not just out to slaughter anyone who's against us we need to be more compassionate towards others and he finds that out through his connection with his his tenuous connection with his own brother loki thor 2 bad as it is it does have themes of like losing people having grief and anxiety over loss um, like he loses yeah, his Thor mother and moments. Loki. It definitely has moments. It has throughout the first two Thor films and throughout the Avengers films, even with those films flaws as cohesive narratives, there is an ongoing emotional arc for Thor. We're seeing him go from this cocky, glib young hero who's like headstrong and wanting to just fight and prove himself great into someone who's a little more thoughtful, more compassionate. Uh, Erica brought this up when we were watching it. Thor's appeal is his love and empathy. It's like mm-hmm. his it's his compassion specifically for Loki and his willingness to be kind to enemies yes he's a hero and a warrior but there is a like softness to him this sort of like big teddy bear energy that he has that makes him appealing even when he's not in a bad movie we throw that shit out the fucking window with thor ragnarok yeah uh, yeah i think yeah starting with the retcon of the character himself and ragnarok is the way to go because yeah it, like it's it's no exaggeration to say that this is a different character than yeah. what was established in the four previous movies he's a frat boy like, we go he's, back. Com- it's, he's a completely different character it's a total regression back to his beginning but even further in the first movie he starts as a cocky reckless young he- warrior but now he's a cocky reckless smart ass who can't take anything seriously yeah he he just he just fucking cock of the walks through everything like without a care like none of the quote-unquote dramatic beats in ragnarok really seem to weigh on him or affect him in any way that feels significant to to the viewer and by the viewer i mean us (laughs) Mm -hmm. he's just not only is he back to being just like a cocky ass like a cocky ass he's like a manipulative cocky ass yes he's and he's stupid he's like dumb he's yes. you can you can say that oh he was he's stupid in the other two i'm like he he's stupid in the way that fish out of water stories work like it, yes. it, it's supported narratively yes like his ignorance is supported by the themes and, and story of the movie. He's not stupid in those movies in, intellectually. I wanted He's to, just naive. I wanted to bring that up, Tyler, because that's a great point. There's a scene in Age of Ultron where 
Banner has just transformed back from the Hulk and he's sort of like freaking out like, oh my gosh, I just hurt a bunch of people. And like Thor tries to make him feel better by telling him you were fought well, you fought mightily, crushed many enemies. And then like one of the other Avengers gives him like an angry glare and he's like, I mean, nothing but boo-boos, nothing that like, you know, can't be fixed with a band. It's a very cute and funny moment with Thor because it's showing that he's trying to comfort Banner. But he doesn't understand that, like, oh, this warrior culture that I grew up in is not the same thing that Banner wants to hear right now. Yeah. Um, that kind of comedy, that comedy that's based on character, is not present here. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's all just, it's like, it's like a two-hour SNL sketch. Modern SNL sketch. A two-hour modern SNL sketch that's not funny. And um, I'm not being hyperbolic when I say that I honestly don't I, I didn't laugh once i laughed once there was one joke that i made me laugh it was when banner jumped out of the ship and just f- collapsed onto the bridge yeah <laughs> it's it's hard to talk about why comedy works and doesn't work because i mean I'm, everything's subjective in art but yeah. like comedy is like ultra subjective and mm-hmm. um we talked about it behind the scenes like we're not good at discussing and, and analyzing comedy on the pod we need to do better but Here's our chance to try. (laughs) I don't know what to say about Ragnarok other than like, I just, I, it's not funny. Anyone else? I mean, Guardians is hilarious in the right way. Yes. It's like they looked at how successful Guardians was and they said, all right, this was huge. This is, you know, people didn't know who these characters were. They had background on Iron Man and Hulk and Thor and Captain America, but they didn't on Guardians. And now it's, you know, one of our biggest movies. Let's try that with Thor. And they just threw something at a wall. The something being trying to turn Thor Ragnarok into a Guardians style movie. And it did not stick at all. Yeah, that's the you hear you you kind of see the few criticisms you do see online is that, oh, they just made Ragnarok a Guardians movie, but with Thor characters. Um, Erica, you got anything to say? I mean, not without really getting upset. Um, there was <laughs> Do it. there was really only one part, even as we watched with a group, that made me smile. And we'll and we'll probably talk about it's uh, Isaac and I agreed that we have this thing where we like it when someone misconstrues an insult as a compliment. Yeah. Um. So it just feels really wooden watching it. And I compared it to a joke in The Simpsons that you know T two is going to get. Um. Where it's like you don't have a soul and you're watching something and you're like, this is supposed to be funny, right? Like, I'm supposed to be laughing, mm-hmm. but I just, but you don't feel it. I it yeah. just, it feels, it feels low-key isolating. That, I, that's a good way to put it. Like, I, I don't feel it either. Like, I yeah. really do think the core problem with the comedy in this film is that it is not comedy based on character it is character based on comedy the characters themselves are just vessels for jokes yeah they have one-liners and quips and gags which you can't have that charisma with each other too like we you know talking Mm -hmm. about guardians how all of them play off each other so well and it feels really organic and and the jokes they make are based on their characters and guardians and guardians you have rocket who is this like a gruff little loner who's like a freak in nature and he knows it and he's just being mean to everybody and every joke he makes is a reflection of that character like peter quill is this sort of womanizer but still has a good heart roguish type every joke he makes is based on that character drax is a no-nonsense doesn't get like irony or sarcasm at all like every joke he makes is based on his character in this film that's not how the comedy works 
Thor just throws out some ad-libbed absurd line about, oh, my brother turned into a snake when we were little, and then he bit me, and then he stabbed me with a knife when he transformed back, and it's like, that's not funny, because it's not based on anything. Yes. Yeah, it's it's all like, it's all mediocre improv. Even and- from the entire, like the beginning, just Thor talking to the the fire demon thing, whatever yeah. the name is. <laughs> Sir. It just felt like they were trying too hard, both sides, when he's like, he's in like the, the chains are wrapped up or whatever. And he's like, Oh, got to turn around. Oh, yep. Got to turn around. Hold on a second. It's just, it didn't work for me at all. And I want to get technical about it, but I don't know how without sounding kind of like I'm running in circles, but like the, the editing and filming of like, like the chain thing that T2 just said with him turning around, like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, before you finish that sentence, before I turn around, I got to turn around. Like, it's just like, it's not, filmed and edited in a way that aids the comedy it's just kind of flat yeah it's just it's just just kind of happening like it's not like he's you know completely backwards to the camera where he's you know backwards and they've made the sound sound like he's talking to the opposite side of the room it's just kind of like he's just kind of misconstrued a little bit in one direction and i was just like no like this yeah like I, I can think of a way that might even make that funnier, like right now. Like the camera can be hard focused on Surter close up, and he's like giving this like pe- like impassioned, intense monologue about how he's gonna cause Ragnarok and then destroy and da 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 da. And then off camera, you can hear Thor go, "Oh, oh, hang on, wait a second, And then cut to him turning. Like in my head, that yeah, plays funnier. Or than even what we have see. it from Thor's perspective, have him facing Surter and then just slowly turning away. And, like, just follow Thor's perspective to where he's no longer looking as the Surtur's talking. Like, yeah, yeah there's a lot of just yeah. flat, close-up, straight-on shots that are so dull. And, <laughs> oh, since we're talking about visuals, uh, that's that's my... I think even over how terribly wasted every story aspect in this movie is, which we'll get to, I just... This movie's fucking ugly to look at. <laughs> and... Deadass, it's just not a good looking movie. I, I mentioned there, this. There are, I, I mentioned this when we were watching it. I don't think necessarily the CGI itself is bad, but it doesn't mesh with live action. It's like something out of a video game. It looks over the top reality like big bolts of lightning and fire dragons and whatnot, and it just doesn't mesh with the actual live action characters there on screen. Yeah. And the, overall, there's just there's this artifice to all of the visuals because the, the blocking and the shot composition is so simple and it's so just flat. Like so much of the dialogue is just taking place in sets that are overlit, that look cheap, that have like no contrast or like no sense of dynamic lighting. I like when we were watching it just the other night, I was like, this looks like a, a slightly more expensive episode of Power Rangers. And yeah, Sakaar in it, particular is a multicolor mess. It's just, it's so, I just, it's, I just can't keep, it's just so ugly. Like, I don't know how to, like, there's no attempt at being creative with the camera to make the environments and the sets, what little physical sets there actually are, believable. The, the green screen in this movie is so pervasive and so pervasively obvious yeah. and bad. The scene with Hela smashing Mjolnir in the yeah, beginning. Yeah, the scene, is... the scene in Norway or Iceland or wherever the hell he randomly sent um, Odin. Like <laughs> they're not in that environment. It, they're just they're not there, and you can tell. And it looks so fake, and it looks so cheap. All the costumes on Sakar just look gaudy and 
unappealing and the action itself, what little action there is, is just kind of digital noise that's on the screen. There's no like excitement to it. And poorly or, choreographed. Or it's it. just, there's, there's no, yeah, there's no terrible. choreography to it. I, let's get into the whole it's action packed thing. Cause like I'm thinking specifically the Hulk versus Thor fight which should have been the highlight of the film. It's a Hulk versus Thor fight. Anytime you pit the Hulk (laughs) against another goddamn Marvel character, people lose their fucking minds. And this Hulk versus Thor fight is just boiled down to, I hit you hard, we pause and talk a minute, then you hit me hard, rinse and repeat. It's just, there's no interesting choreography. There's no interesting, like use of like this terrain it's literally just like hulk hits thor pause thor hits hulk pause back forth back forth mm-hmm. all the while thor is just cut making these little jokes and j- jabs the whole time and it's it's not funny it's not, not a cool him. fight it's just dull yeah dull is the best way to describe you made action. a hulk fight dull yeah that's the greatest fight with Thor doll (laughs) that's the greatest sin a Marvel movie can commit (laughs) you throw the Hulk in when you've got nothing else going you're like uh uh uh, I don't know uh make the Hulk fight something and I I think that I think that's been a wider issue with the MCU for a a while now around 2017 is like when Marvel Studios really started to amp up their production and green lighting like more and more films more and more projects so the post-production stuff got tighter, less time to like polish the production itself, tighter, less time to polish um, things that they used to do practically and on set. Um, they just like leave to CGI later on and make no mistake, uh, audience, um, this isn't meant to like knock CGI artists. We know that they're terminally underappreciated and undervalued. Mm-hmm. It's not their fault that they're not given enough resources to do what they need to do. Um, it's the studio's fault. But Compare like action scenes to phase one and two movies like the first Avengers movie or hell, even um, Iron Man and Iron Man 2. Like that's what I was going to say. Iron Man and Iron Man 2 compared to this look like absolute top tier masterpieces. I, I love those two movies. I mean, I love actually I love Iron Man 3 as well. In comparison to this, they just feel so like heads and shoulders above where this movie is mm-hmm. in every single way, but especially the action. Yeah, because the action in these newer movies and it's it's not it's not 100 percent. There are still some good action scenes in later Marvel movies, but because they rely more heavily on everything being CG and green screen and stuff like that, the action loses its sense of like timing and choreography and stuff like that, where it just all kind of just becomes digital noise like it all just becomes CGI. The, like the final battle in, in in the first Avengers is like still top tier because you can tell like that sequence was so methodically planned in in every way yes. to make every shot matter to make every effect matter. It's a great demonstration of having a massive horde of faceless enemies being the villains still be a fun fight. Yes, and you just, you don't get that level of detail and and care in most newer MCU movies. And Ragnarok was like. 
the first instance where I like really thought that like, Oh man, like they're just really dropping the ball on the spectacle, which is like why people come to these movies. Mm-hmm. You know, half of why people come to these movies is the spectacle. And even that's lackluster. Now you got anything to say about action? my love? I don't have anything that's actually productive to add to the conversation. I don't want productivity. To- I want rage, Erica. <laughs> yeah, but well, one thing that I found interesting while listening to all of us talk is have you guys ever thought about the fact that, when we're saying um we're socialized to say that <laughs> like um yeah but we all tend to say it a little bit while we're on the pod and yeah. tyler definitely threw a few in there no but- i'm self-conscious thanks <laughs> i edit most just, of them out don't worry about it it's interesting it's uh so yeah what it is is a way of signaling to others i'm going to pause for a second so Don't it's just interesting me. that it's yeah it's interesting that we socialize that to a word because there is actually no history to the word um in the English language. Scholars mm-hmm. do not know where it came from. They cannot trace it. It's probably older than the 1400s, but they have no idea why we do it. And every language has its own version, like what? Korean, French, German, Russian, and even sign language has a little thing that says, "Oh gosh, I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm going to pause." That's so a, I don't know. I thought I thought that I got very distracted That's by that. That's a very interesting making... point that you've made, Erica, and a great indicator that you do not want to spend any more time thinking about Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> but I'm going to make you sit here another two and a half hours. <laughs> <sighs> um, I I really do think one of the great things about the first Thor is the visuals, because whether or not mm-hmm. you like the storytelling, if you compare it visually it's just really stunning like i said it's one of the few movies that i just really remember seeing in theaters and being like wow this is beautiful and not just asgard it's a really nice movie to look at Mm -hmm. and if you do just one little screen capture compared to thor ragnarok all ragnarok has going for it visually is that Kate blanchett is a sexy sword lady yeah that's a nice visual she's got the the look for me that's for sure (laughs) There's but every good I, shot that's in Thor Ragnarok was given away in the trailer. Exactly. That is true. Yeah. 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 No, that's true. And I'm not usually a person to really get hung up on what a movie looks like or the cinematography, which is why I'm such a huge fan of Jim Carrey's Grinch. Like it doesn't matter to me so much what it looks uh, like. You're deep cutting. If we'll I'm enjoying the, the humor in the story and um it's it's just really distracting while you watch. And then I'm a Spider-Man fanboy, pretty open Spider-Man fanboy and have Mm -hmm. been since I was a small child. Look at how good all of the MCU Spider-Man movies look. They look amazing Mm -hmm. to me. No pun intended. Spectacular. Yeah. (laughs) Ultimate. (laughs) Web-slinging. Friendly neighborhood. On on all those, I left the theater and just was blown away, not only by the story, but visually how well it looked. And it was just perfect to me. And this is the opposite of that in every way. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's not a, it's not a pretty movie. It's got a a, a handful of pretty shots and very far and few between. Um, Yeah. It's like Marvel. And then we can get to the, we can get to the meat of the film properly. It's like, it's like Marvel knows, like they pick out what's going to be the money shot for the trailers Mm -hmm. and like tell people to work on those the most. While everything else falls by the wayside. <laughs> I, I got another positive. I do like the costume designs for the main cast themselves. Most of their actual costumes, I think, are good. 
Erica disagrees. I can hear her. No, I just she's doing her own. No, it's just I was trying to look up something to support my point, and instead I found this really funny, like very angrily sassy meme about when the I guess it would have been for the most recent Avengers movies came out, and Uh they were talking. And I was I was kind of remembering this joke when you were talking about the Hulk punching. They were like, uh, I love how the Russo brothers are so paranoid that everyone's going to find out spoilers for their twist-filled movie, which is 90% people in ugly costumes punching things like every single other one of their superhero movies. Be careful, guys. People might find out early Hulk is going to punch Thanos. <laughs> Wouldn't want to be surprised by Thor hitting a guy with a hammer. It might ruin the movie if the public knows. And that's kind of like the, yeah, that's kind of like, I'm just like, yeah, that's the assassin vibe I feel when they're in the arena. I remember yeah. seeing that in the trailers, and I'm like, oh, yeah, and Jeff Goldblum's here? Like, no way this isn't going to be extremely cool and entertaining. And it wasn't. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and it wasn't. It's just, so I'll, yeah. I'll drop a bombshell, MCU mm-hmm. bombshell, personally. Mm-hmm. My three least favorite heroes in the MCU are number one, Hawkeye, hands down. Uh, Poor Hawkeye can't uh, get no love. Number two, <laughs> Thor number three Hulk. So when I realized the bulk of this movie is Thor and Hulk, I just remember having this deep sigh of just like, oh God, I'm gonna hate this. Like this is, and then I did. I was so bored. I can't. I just. I can't blame you for not liking Hulk. I mean, I can, and I want to. (laughs) Well, wait, wait, wait. T two. Do you not like the Hulk in general, or you just don't like him in the MCU? In the MCU, I also. I mean, you know, my man that. The movie Just Hulk still. Oh, you mean the 2003 Ang masterpiece that nobody understands but me? We'll yes. get to it. Great film. It's Great on film. the fucking docket. <laughs> but Hulk in the MCU, I just don't like for whatever reason. And I, nope. once again, I don't hate the Hulk as a hero, but for whatever reason, he just never, he has not clicked with me at all. Let's let's do this, let's do this fucking rabbit hole because I want to go down it so bad. Let's touch on the Hulk and in this movie and then we can move on and talk about other things. I don't know if we're prepared though. I I, yeah, I am. It's, there's a lot here. It's even more fired up than Catadora. It's a lot. <laughs> Isaac's about to go off. <laughs> let me let me okay. I Hulk in the MCU is it's it's got a lot of problems. Um I like Hulk in the first two Avengers films. I think they Agreed. do some good good stuff with him there. I think Bruce Banner played by Mark Ruffalo is dry, has a dry wit that feels very like Bruce Banner like <laughs> yeah, I'm telling a joke but it's not really a joke. I'm kind of depressed and, you know, horribly anxious and everything about everything going on around me. He's got a, that very kind of like opposite of Tony Stark energy, whereas Tony Stark is like, I'm a cocky asshole and I can say whatever I want. <laughs> like Bruce Banner's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like, I think it works for Bruce Banner. I think in the first and second Avengers films, the Hulk himself is treated very well. He is this threat this thing that we have to walk on eggshells around because when he comes out, he's very dangerous and volatile and we're not entirely sure if we can even get him to calm down after the fight's over. Like Um, the Hulk should be. Yes, exactly. Then we get to Thor Ragnarok and this is where the Hulk story falls apart because... And never recovers, really. No. What happens here with the Hulk... First off, I like to bring up the fact that they make him a literal murderer and we're not supposed to care. <laughs> they point out that he's actually killing people here on Zakar and we're just not supposed to care. Um, yeah, it's just like such a throwaway like bit of exposition. Oh, you kill people and it's like, 
never brought up or touched upon or mentioned or dwelled on. It's just it just flutters away. That little bit of information flutters away for you to deal with. Hulk's a murderer. Moving on. (laughs) What they try and do here is give the Hulk, the Hulk, not Banner, more dialogue and focus really on this sort of the savage Hulk persona, which is the sort of childlike uh, entity that most people think of with the Hulk. He's like, Hulk's strongest one there. He talks about himself in the third person, very limited vocabulary, very sort of childish mind. That's a totally fine, totally valid, probably the most common iteration of the Hulk and one that I hold dear and close to my heart. But the way he's presented in this film is as a petulant toddler, and that's not inherently bad or even antithetical to the character, but there's a few core problems with the way that the movie presents this version of the Hulk. The first is that this movie's already overstuffed with jokes in general and bad jokes on top of that. Making the Hulk yet another joke character in this film only continues to suck out any emotional and dramatic weight from the film. It's like we've and already got... A, sorry to interrupt you, but that's just a problem with the movie, too. It's just everybody's a joke Everyone's character. a joke character. There's Everybody. no serious characters. Continue. Uh, the second part that I have a problem with is that if we're doing Savage Hulk, this childlike Hulk, we've got to focus on this dichotomy within him between his innocent, childlike mind and the terrifying power that he holds. We should be drawn back and forth between feeling bad for the Hulk because the world treats him terribly and he just wants to be left alone and being afraid of him because he is a rampaging monster with no control over his own power. This movie does neither. It decides, it decides, ha ha, he big dumb, he's biggie dummy boy, big dummy toddler boy, ha ha, and that's it. Yep, that's it. And oh, man, um, oh, oh, but wait, wait, wait. We see his big, smooth, green ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. Oh, God. There, there's the thing I like. I like that we see Hulk's smooth baby ass. <laughs> it's pretty smooth and babyish. Also, Bruce Banner's rocking a, a Duran Duran shirt for the majority of this movie. There's, there's no Duran Duran in there, and I just... Uh, and he's on an alien I think, world. I think, was, I think that was one of Tony's shirts because yeah. Tony's always wearing like band t-shirts. Yeah. So it could have been one of Tony's shirts. Could, Implying that Bruce and Tony slept together on the Quinjet at some point. Maybe. You be the judge. I, I enjoyed yes. Duran Duran and I thought, cool, this is going to be one of the saving moments is when they play like Hungry Like the Wolf and they... They have a giant wolf they should have done that. Do yeah, missed opportunity. <laughs> Chalk it all up on the missed opportunities. So that's another, like, that's a really petty complaint I have about this. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to have him wear an obvious, one of the most iconic album covers of the 80s, Duran Duran t-shirt, just throw it in there instead of putting in the same Zeppelin song twice. And that's a whole rant I'm going to go on later. Yeah. The, okay. The we'll last, in that. Yeah. The last point I'm going to make on the Hulk is that this is an adaptation of the Planet Hulk storyline. The most, probably the most beloved, well-known in the past, in since two thousand, history of the character since the year two thousand. It's one of the most beloved Hulk storylines, <laughs> and I will never forgive this film for its butchering of it for many, 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 many reasons. It butchered the Planet Hulk storyline, but the problem I think at its core is that that story was not focused on the Savage Hulk. That story was not made for the Savage Hulk. It was made 
for a more mature version of the Hulk that would later come to be known as the World Breaker. That version of the Hulk is less an angry, injured child lashing out and more of a world-weary man who's finally finding something worth his anger. It's a story about what anger is useful for. Revolution, rebuilding and reclaiming society. What anger can do to be good. And then also the destructive power behind it unmaking and breaking the very things it can build. It's this very powerful story about is the Hulk a savior or a destroyer? And it was not made for the childish Savage Hulk persona. We don't get enough of the story anyway, but the fact that they throw in the wrong Hulk into the wrong Hulk story just makes it all the more infuriating that this beautiful story, one of the best the character has, was thrown away in this gag movie. Yeah, and this this is a tight tight walk for me because I try to live by the rule of never judge a movie by what you think it should have been, judge it by what it is. But again, I'm making I'm making a lot of exceptions tonight. I also am going to hold this against the movie forever for completely wasting Planet Hulk because most comic book movies that are take that take inspiration from or are based on a certain story from the comics mm-hmm. change it a lot. Yeah. That's that's just how it goes. Like like Civil War changes a lot from the comic Civil War, but like even all these movies that change the comics that they're based off of, off of, like they still do it in a way that like they try to get at the heart of what it's about while also doing its own thing. Mm-hmm. Ragnarok doesn't do that. They just take the very very basic like aesthetic or setting or idea. And that's, that's it. It's just like, that's all that, that's all it is. There's no attempt to reinterpret it through the eyes of the filmmakers or do something different. They just like, oh, this is a popular Hulk story. Uh, We'll take the planet that it took place on, uh, give him a gladiator costume and uh, we'll call it a day. Yeah. That's all they do. (laughs) Yeah. The point of adaptation is that you can change out plot details, characters, settings, all of these things, but you have to connect to the thematic core that made the original story powerful. And this movie does not care about Planet Hulk. It does not care about the story of an outcast finding a place where he's beloved and accepted for the very traits that made him hated on his homeworld, his violent anger, that raises questions about the ethics of anger and how it fits into society. It does not care about those questions, about those themes. No, it doesn't care about anything. And that is the problem with the whole movie, is that it has ideas. Like, it'll introduce an idea constantly. And do nothing with it for the entire movie. Yes, that's a great point. It introduces point. ideas for Hulk, does nothing with the character. That's All a- these ideas for the Thor side of the story, does nothing with that. And, <laughs> like, it's, I, it's such a cynical movie, which yeah. is so weird because Taika Waititi, all his other non-Marvel works are like this beautiful balance of like absurd comedy, but like 
beautiful heart. Tyler, and I, like, I know you're building up to a wonderful, fantastic point right now, but I'm about to shit myself. I am so angry. I need to actually go use the bathroom. I think I've worked myself oh, oh. into a frenzy. <laughs> you really gotta take a shit break. I, I really have to take a shit break in the middle of this. Oh I swear God, to God, I'll be break. fast. I'm gonna leave it recording. Y'all talk about whatever the fuck. I'll be back in a few minutes. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> Tug and Geek first. Like, I'm gone. <laughs> It looks like we can call Isaac shit break from American Pie. <laughs> oh, shit yeah. It was, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> he worked himself up so bad he's shit. <laughs> oh, Christ. God, this movie's bad. It fucking sucks. <laughs> Least favorite Marvel movie. I really thought I was going to go into it this time and think like, eh, you know, it's oh, it's it's okay. It's not the worst, but it's it's just not great. Nope. Fucking sucks. This was the real decline for me, I think, after this was when I was like, I'm not capable of caring about a Marvel movie anymore because I didn't see um, Endgame in theaters. Like, I just could not muster You didn't see Infinity War in theaters either. (sighs) Yeah, I just think this was really... Ragnarok was like when I really was just like, oof, this just... The interest is drained. Which one did I watch with you guys in theaters? Uh, Civil War. Civil War. And then I saw one of them after i got tattooed because i drove back from getting tattooed and we watched it we as in like us the three of us did at your yeah don't you remember he like really literally just got his tattoo fuck i'm kind of like wrapped in the saran wrap and i showed up like Mm -hmm. no we saw because no we saw guardians 2 in Asheville, so he wasn't there for that yeah no it was an avengers movie it was an it was an age of ultron we didn't see any avengers movie together you guys had already seen it and I said I hadn't seen it. And you were like, bro, come over and watch it. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that like we had already seen it. I'm completely blanking. What did it was it Age of Ultron? What? Okay, Rowlett, what year did you get your tattoo? Because that's how we'll figure it out. I do remember. Let's go to Instagram. Because <laughs> I feel like maybe it's 2019. Oh, and uh, Isaac takes a long ass shit. So we're probably going to be talking about this for a long time. <laughs> I hope he doesn't burst a vessel trying to pop it out quick. Uh... 2018. 2018. So it would have to be Infinity War. But I'm pretty sure that's right. I didn't see Infinity War in theaters. Okay, I'm. I kind of, sort of, maybe remember popping Infinity War on for mm-hmm. you because I didn't because I was still hating on Marvel then and I didn't care about seeing it. But then, like, I'm like, ah, uh, I'll give it a shot. And then I ended up relatively liking it. Yeah, I remember that was a fun day for the three of us. I I can't get over the fact that Thor Ragnarok has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Blows like, my fucking mind. That's like the freshest shit. Like that's so high. It really is like we've talked about before, at least with Isaac. Like it's one of those things where you feel like the Monopoly man had a monocle. You know, that's Mandela why Mandela effect. You yeah, mean. yeah. You feel like it was Berenstein Bears and not Berenstain Bears. And I feel like we might be from a reality where, where Ragnarok is sucks. really no. We might be from one where it's it's yeah where it's oh. really bad. And we've slipped, or did we slip into the wrong reality? Who is it? Is it us or them? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. 93%, you guys. That's really pretty damn fresh. And like, critics. From the few people that I trust online, like, they're saying Love and Thunder is even worse. And I'm like, how? I almost want to see it more now to see how it could possibly be worse than Ragnarok. What if we were like, that was fucking amazing. That redeemed this entire character (laughs) for me. Yeah. I, I really don't think there is much of a chance of that happening at all. <laughs> I've had I, I've read spoilers because I don't give a fuck. And yeah, it's no, there's no way. 
There's no way it's going to redeem it. God. And it seems like it's got the same fucking problems where it just has these amazing stories that it's taking from and completely wastes them. Completely. Is Taika Waititi the director again? Yes, he's the director. I don't understand how this man who I love so much and has such bangers like every other time made this. I hope that because there's going to be a Thor five. I hope the fuck that they move on from him. So this movie is the opposite of what the Batman did. Kind of. Yeah. Like how it drew from those three different, you know, comic book sources and did it so fucking well. Yeah. Because the Batman cared about like telling a story that meant something, (laughs) you know? Also, it wasn't full of really shitty jokes either. It wasn't like Batman was like, I know him, Commissioner Gordon. I work with him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's a friend from work uh, that was it. he's a friend from work yeah it when you watch the movie it's exactly like isaac said like he and i were like it's like thor has become a frat boy and he's incredibly drunk and he's like the kind of drunk where he, when he gets drunk he's a dick like he's yeah. just like a like a cocky dude and it just feels so ingenuine because like isaac said that's very much like what his character was like in the beginning. And then he grows from it deeply. And I know this is a comedy, but like, there's even a part where Loki, which I mean, if we talk about Loki, there's, I don't even know how to like get into it because it's like, I can't believe the Loki we're watching here is the same one who in 2012 had people kneeling, who was scary, who stabbed people like is a murderer like i can't believe it's the same person but there's a little cut when thor is tied up oh okay um no all right you pinched it off yeah yeah right i don't know if that was the pure anger or if that was the whole pizza that i ate and the mox harder on top of it but probably the pizza and mike's harder no it's the anger uh, <laughs> I thought it was like a longer poop. I'm gonna go take a leak really quick before we. Oh my god! Because oh my god. <laughs> this is gonna be a long one. I can intermissions. So yes, this one's gonna have intermissions. We've That's... already been doing it for what about an hour, and like we've only scratched the surface. We'll also get a drink then. I know. Okay, great. Can you bring me more water too? Yeah. My bottles right there. That's probably <laughs> gonna be the longest uninterrupted by Isaac section in Tongue and Geek history that we will ever have. Is whatever. Gonna the fuck... keep the behind the scenes banter. Yeah, I mean. We're you all talking about Thor Ragnarok or just general bullshit? Um, we were mostly still talking about the fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, then I'm leaving that shit in. This will be fun for me editing, too, because I'll have new stuff I've never heard before. Oh, man. Just me and you, buddy. What point do you want to make while nobody else is here? I don't think there's a point I want to make when nobody else is here. Oh, fuck um, this movie. Fuck this movie. Fuck this movie. Like, What'd y'all talk I about? Hate, I hate being so like internet rage about something. I know, but, like, but god damn it, this one deserves it. <laughs> and it's so well beloved that I don't feel like I'm punching down. I'm punching up. No, no, we're we are not punching down whatsoever. Good God. Is there any other no, I'm just like morbidly curious to see <laughs> I'm morbidly curious to um <laughs> It's Morbin time. See, I don't get that fucking meme, by the way, the Morbin time. I don't get it's just Kids these it, days. It pisses me the fuck off because like the, the the meme around Morbius and like all the memes around it, like it's not organic. Like the internet like manufactured the hatred for Morbius uh-huh. and just like d- decided to make it a meme out of just like cynicism and spite. Is it a bad movie? So, no, I, it's it's not terrible. Like the internet will, would have you believe it's like this gutter tier garbage piece of absolute trash and it's just 
it's just aggressively mediocre. Uh, that's worse. It's, okay, I'm back. It's, okay. Uh, Dot T is back. We're still waiting on Erica. She's bringing a drink. She's uh, also pinching one off. <laughs> yeah, we're all going to have to pinch one off before this is over. This movie's giving I, us the anger poops. Don't lie about you pooping. Okay. Okay. Girls and not wanting to admit they poop. I don't get but it. But I was getting you water. <laughs> you were getting me water. Erica For the just record, wants the she truth. was getting me water, audience of four. <laughs> Uh, that we're losing rapidly because we're talking shit on their favorite MCU film. Okay, well, where did we leave off? I don't know. Where'd you all leave off? I was talking about Hulk when I left. I think I was actually talking, and then you cut me off. Yeah, you were talking about how this movie doesn't care about anything. Yes. Um, the end. The end. <laughs> no, it, that's That's my... Another, like, I keep saying that's my biggest problem. Every problem is my biggest problem with this movie. They're all so big. Um, this movie is two hours and it refuses to commit itself to any form of sincerity. Yes. It, it has one or two fleeting, fleeting moments where you think it's getting at the heart of something for it to just completely be ripped away by another fucking gag. And since we were talking about the Hulk, let's get to the one good part with the Hulk. Yes, let's get to the one good part. So we can break up the the, the insane hatred for a second. A genuinely good scene in this film. Hulk's transformation. Hulk's transformation back into Banner is a new take that we have not seen in a live action adaptation of the Hulk, at least not in this way, because usually when we see a Hulk transformation, it is Banner trying to resist turning into the Hulk. He's always in pain. He's always like losing control, getting angry. Uh, it's always the pain that Banner is suffering as he turns into the Hulk. We have never seen until this point the pain that the Hulk endures when he turns back into Banner. And we get this beautiful transformation triggered by him seeing the video in the Quinjet of Black Widow telling him to come back that he ignored. And just the guilt that he feels of that finally triggers Banner back. And the Hulk just beats the shit out of himself trying to stay angry enough to stay Hulk. And it's so good. Yeah, it's for for 30 seconds because it's a brief scene for like a whole 30 seconds. I'm feeling something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling something in the movie because it's like that right there is a perfect kind of summation of the back and forth between Banner and Hulk. As much as I love Hulk, o- Hulk, Hulk 03, like no Hulk story or movie has really yet been a, truly about the conflict between Banner and Hulk and Banner and Hulk being different people. Yeah. And this this scene, which is dialogue free of the Hulk trying to stay in power, visually conveys to us that, yeah, like 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 Banner says when he when he's Banner, like the other guy, like, yeah, Hulk is a different person. He's a different being. And he has he's not just Banner transformed into a monster. He's a different persona. And he has his own motivations. And to see him fight so hard for his own bodily autonomy to just stay himself is so painful to watch because he's beating on himself to try and stay angry. He's screaming and roaring, saying like, no better. And just like 
tearing apart the Quinjet as he's, like, slowly convulsing, like, between big Hulk form down into smaller banner form and then back up for a moment and then back down. And it's it's very, very good, and it deserves a better movie around it. <laughs> yes, and then it's gone because Banner's there, and just like every other character, they don't do anything with him. He was, what, what's it, two years he was stuck in the Hulk? Two years he was stuck in like, the Hulk, which should have been a massive trauma. Just, yeah. At most, he's just kind of like, what? I was, where am I? I was stuck on the Hulk. I was stuck in the Hulk for two years, and where am I? Uh, oh, man. And that that's as deep and emotional as, as it gets for him. And fucking and Thor. <laughs> fucking Thor is like, I need, Thor. To, I need to change back. I need to change yeah, back because the big guy's stronger. Shit. <laughs> doesn't give a shit and like what erica was saying when we were watching it the other night like say what you want about the lacklusterness of the first two thor movies like what makes them watchable is thor as a character himself because he has empathy he he cares about his friends and about his family and like you don't get any of that in this movie from him like yeah banner just comes out of the hulk after two years he's on an alien planet he doesn't know what the fuck is going on and Hulk's just kind of like, oh, yeah, but I like the Hulk and I need him back because I'm on a, I got to save. What what, what I said, say? You said the Hulk is like, you mean oh, Thor. Thor. Like... Thor's just like, oh, I need the Hulk back because the Hulk is cool and I need his punch punch because I got to do this thing because my si- Oh, yeah. The villain's his sister, which. <laughs> we should get into the like, plot of this movie eventually. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no point where Thor's like sincerely like, hey, Banner, like, how you feeling? You want to talk about it? You know, hey, don't feel pressure to turn into the Hulk again. Like, we can figure it out, just you and me. Like, there, there's there's no heart to heart, because he, he basically just says, like, Banner, I don't give a shit about you. You know, I like the Hulk better. <laughs> like, he doesn't say that, but his actions and the way he behaves toward Banner says that. Yeah, yeah Banner, fuck Duran Duran. We really need the Hulk right now. <laughs> uh, let's get away from the Hulk. Yeah, let's get away from the Hulk and talk about the, the title character. Um, we, we talked about him a little bit before, but the whole crux of, I guess, what you would call his arc, it thinks it has an arc, but it doesn't have an arc for Thor, really, because, again, nothing means anything. It's called Thor Ragnarok, but just as the movie wastes Planet Hulk, it also wastes the Ragnarok story, because yeah, is it me or is like the whole like Ragnarok vision prophecy nightmare thing like really vague and doesn't have any sort of there's nothing to it. It's just like Thor says he's having nightmares about the end of the world and like he's got to try to stop it. But like there's no heft behind it. There's no there's no detail. You there's nothing for us to really care. It's not a defined threat. It's just this vague nebulous like, oh, the end of the world's coming. You gotta stop it. You know what's hilarious, Tyler? I think the problem's actually the exact opposite. In the prior movies, they make it vague. They have him see vague visions of this destruction of Asgard and whatnot. But at the start of this one, we get a whole fucking scene where he goes up to Surtur, this fire demon, the giant who's supposed to destroy Asgard, and Surtur just explains exactly what's going to happen in Ragnarok, how he's going to bring down his flaming sword and waste yeah. away all of it, and then, like, he kills Surtur. That's the though. point. That's the thing. Surtur explains exactly what's going to happen, and then he kills him instantly with no problems and takes his skull back to Asgard. And it's yeah. like, the whole point is that, like, We've spelled out exactly how Ragnarok is going to happen. Now, 
we just stopped it and we don't have any dramatic tension because whatever the fuck Ragnarok is, it's not happening until Surtur comes back. Yeah, it, there, there's no, like, connection in the narrative where, like, we, we see what it really means for Thor or for Odin or for Loki or for the people of Asgard because Asgard is a people, not a place. Oh, uh, <laughs> boy. It's just, like, the, the threat of Ragnarok is an isn't anything it's just this it's the most generic like this is a bad thing that's going to happen and that's it yeah (laughs) that's it there's there's nothing behind it for for it to be interesting in any way and any other superhero movie ever made it's like if we don't stop this the entire world is going to end like okay how's that different than any other time it's happened yeah exactly Especially this world that we don't actually get much of or care about. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, <laughs> if we had spent more time in Asgard developing the characters that we care about in Asgard, but the movie can't even be bothered to care because we kill off so many characters from the prior films in seconds. The Warriors yep. 3, who had like, they were side characters, sure, but they played semi-major roles in the first two films. They're slaughtered in instants. Yep. <laughs> they're slaughtered so quickly it's almost hard to uh, it's it's almost easy to be like it's almost easy to miss it because like they're killed so fast by you Hela. almost don't even recognize who they are they just show up get stabbed and then yeah, die they don't have any fucking dialogue they're killed in like a wide shot they don't even have like a medium shot or a close-up and like sif's just not there yeah <laughs> the, the main warriors three isn't there ah oh, it's just Again, like the movie doesn't care. It's so up its own ass about trying to be as glib and funny as it can that it doesn't do any legwork to, to to make anybody care about anything. Any there can't be an emotional scene. Anytime there's the hint of an emotional scene happening, it immediately undercuts it with a joke. Like, there's a scene where Thor and Loki are in an elevator, and they're talking about how their relationship has developed over time, and Thor's basically like, I'm not going to keep doing this dance of with you of, like, trying to help you out and trying to make you realize that we're family. I can't keep doing this. If you're going to just be a jackass, I'm done. You stay in this stupid cycle, but I'm done. And that should be a powerful, impactful moment for their relationship, and it's undercut by get help. Which yeah, is just great. another fucking gag. <laughs> the story. Uh, after Thor kills Surtur, he goes back to Asgard, finds that Loki has taken the throne from Odin, and through the dumbest fucking joke, where like Loki is disguised as his father, putting on like a show that's like a, a comical retelling of like the Dark World and shit, and, like, Matt Damon's there in a cameo, and Sam Neill from the Jurassic Park movies is there as Odin in a cameo. It's just another instance where, like, the movie is technically a sequel to these other movies, but, like, it doesn't care to truly make the things that happen in those movies matter. It's making fun of them. It's It looks the, at the, the yeah. stinger. It's like, I don't fucking sting- care. Yeah. I kind of feel like we're being made fun of as well. Like, we talk yeah. about a lot when we watch this. It's like a spiteful, gleeful thing. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, who was it? Jimmy Fallon, who got all that shit because when he was on SNL, he would look right at the camera and he would laugh. That's like what's happening in this movie. And it starts really early and it's especially present in this scene where... 
All Loki wanted to do once he had it when he was pretending to be Odin was have this dumbass puppet show. <laughs> That's his one ruling. And he's got it. It's very much like they're looking in the camera and they're jeering at us. And they're like, ha! Isn't this funny? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so stupid for really... caring about these prior yeah. movies. Yeah, it really, it's almost like, like I said, it's almost like gleeful and it's so, it's so hollow. <sighs> Three movies. Three movies of Thor and Loki's relationship and learning how... What? Technically more. more. With the Avengers films, more. Mm -hmm. Well, I... Thor 1, 2, and the first Avengers. Second Avengers Um, was before this, too. So four total. Well, I'm specifically talking about Loki and Thor. Right. Loki and Thor and... Well, no, I guess he's not on Age of Ultron. Well, he's not in Age of Ultron. Okay, go on. There's a reason Loki became, like, the fan favorite villain of the franchise... Maybe now second to Thanos. The work was put in to make him dimensional, to make him empathetic, sympathetic, while also being a threatening villain. The Dark World may be mostly dull, but that stinger of Loki being on the throne at the very end of the movie, it's like, oh shit. Like he finally got what he wanted. Like th- this is what he's been. Wor- this is what he's been scheming for for three whole movies. And Ragnarok just pisses it away on a fucking joke. It, it where was, he's just like, I'm gonna have people make a play. The end of that that's was it. the one of the few good things from the Dark World, and it raised so many questions that could have been expanded into a whole film of its own like how did he manage to replace odin where is odin what's loki gonna do as the secret ruler of asgard and it's just like he sits on his ass and watches plays that he makes everybody put on for himself he put odin in a nursing home that got demolished yeah on midgard (laughs) yeah Yeah. this movie also really blatantly like trivializes like the fact that again like i pointed out when we watched this the core drive of everyone even including loki in the thor movies is emotion mm-hmm. like loki in the first movie when he like falls off the bifrost or i guess in old norse it's pronounced bifros huh. <laughs> um but when when he falls like his face and his connection he has to thor and he looks at him and he lets go and then that triggers like him taking over earth and he's insane and he's like literally conquering a, a species and then it all just kind of leads to like i'm i'm taking over i odin is is gone i'm pretending to be him and then it culminates like it's such a bloodthirsty emotional like raw deep thing and then it's like and i so i could have a puppet show but how great i am and how you stupid and i always trick you yeah, i mentioned yeah, this when we watched it it's the scar from lion king problem Tom's a yeah. million where Scar is a much more interesting <laughs> villain where he's being conniving and scheming and trying to get the throne. And then when he actually gets it, he's just a smug jerk who doesn't do anything with the power. And it it's a, it's another reason why the, the fucking message that they try to make relevant at the end of it's a Asgard's a place, not a people why that's so fucking shallow and hollow. If it's a place, not a people, why not show us, what it's like living in Asgard under um, secret Loki rule. Why not give Loki's arc, you know, him learning to like love his world again and have affection for his people and want to save them. So like he can learn that it is a people, not a place. Why not give us a single goddamn character in Asgard to care about besides Heimdall? (laughs) There are... 
That's if your name isn't Heimdall, I don't give a shit about you in Asgard. <laughs> yeah. Warriors we three, we murdered it. them instantly. Who gives a fuck? Sif, not even here. Just not like, even here. <laughs> we we just keep saying it and saying it and saying it that the movie just doesn't do anything with itself. It's the more you talk about it, the more you realize how fundamentally it fumbles the ball. Like there's no, there, it's it's so insincere like, for yeah. for exploration of. It, any of these half dozen things it's so insincere it yes. just, it does not care it's too caught up in cracking bad jokes and making fun of the very core of these films it's like ha ha marvel's silly marvel's stupid let's make fun of marvel movies let's make fun of you know superheroes and space adventures and whatnot thor's a big dumb frat boy now hulk's a big dumb toddler now valkyrie's a drunk like uh, yeah everybody's a loki's a tool who gets bodied the whole movie loki's a fucking bitch he's a little punching bag bitch this whole movie he doesn't trick a single person he can't beat anyone in the fight he's easily outmagicked by dr strange who didn't even need to be in this movie he's generally mocked and belittled by every character he comes across he is just a punching bag for everyone can we also point out the fact that like the thing that really bothers me again like i even just aside from how ridiculously, insanely attractive I find Tom Hiddleston, Loki's a really awesome character. Yes. And when he's hanging off the Bifrost, right, he is like saying to Odin, like, I really could have done it, father. I could have done it. Now you'll all see, like, I can rule. And then he gets to rule and it's a puppet show. Like, I know it seems like a trivial thing. No, but it's huge. Like, because- the, it, it's like the core of his character. And then it's just like, he has it. And it's just like a bad meme. And he's 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 a character that has been driven by ambition for a desire for respect and acceptance. And when he gets it, he totally wastes it and not in a way that could be dramatic and powerful. It's not like a look what you did with the power you were handed. It's a fucking joke. Everything. Yeah, you, you can humble the character joke. without turning him into a fucking joke. You can that humble him without turning him into a like a gag and um did we then, there's, then there's hella did then there's lose? hella did we lose what? t2 no, i don't know he's still, oh, he's still here okay he's, he's, just di- he's digesting all the things we're throwing <laughs> okay oh do you have anything to add on top of that t2 no i mean i agree with everything like it does turn loki into just like oh look at me we had a puppet show uh before we <laughs> move on to hella just <laughs> loki he's been defined by ambition and like it's totally gone in this film. He's totally, even after the whole puppet show bullshit, he's totally happy just being the Grandmaster's flunky on Sakaar. Mm. Like, for yeah. weeks! For weeks! For he weeks. has no intention of weeks. becoming, like, the ruler of Sakaar, or, like, you know, going back to Asgard and reclaiming the throne. He has no ambition for anything. He's just this a little sniveling flunky now. And it's like, this is Loki the guy who's constantly plotting to take over everything? The guy who's constantly trying to prove that he's the smartest guy in the room? This is Loki? I mean, according to Taika Waititi and the writers, it is. Also, this movie, the reason I didn't watch the Loki series. Like, I had no interest in it. People, you know, they said it was great. And I just didn't watch it because I was just like, nope, fuck this. Like, 
I, I don't I, trust I, anyone anymore. Is the problem? I don't trust I, anyone. I've been burnt anymore. too many times, Marvel. Yeah. The last time, the last time people told me that something from the Thor universe was great and I would love it, uh, I had the opposite reaction. So, still to this day, I'm not watching the Loki show. I haven't watched it uh, either. You haven't. You, I mean, you haven't. You, you. I mean, you're you're not really missing much. It's better than this. That's for fucking sure. But it's really not that. Great. I know there's a crocodile Loki, and that's like the only thing that's piqued mm-hmm. my interest. Hella, okay. hella. Let's let's do a little more because like the first twenty minutes of this film throws so much at you, and yet none of it matters. None of it matters. The whole shit with Surtur, the whole shit with them on Asgard. They go to find Odin. They find out that the retirement home that Loki left them in has been demolished. Ha ha. They go to find Doctor Strange for some stupid reason because he can tell them where Odin is. And Odin, uh, Odin's been chilling in Norway. He's been sitting on a rock in Norway, waiting to kung fu panda his way out of this franchise. <laughs> he literally to Uwe into nothing. <laughs> literally, fucking his boys show up. He's like, "Look at that! Look how pretty it is here! Look how pretty Norway is!" By the way, you have an evil sister that wants to control all of Asgard and slaughter everyone in the nine realms. Uh, my magic was holding her back, but I'm I'm out. See ya! And then he just dissolves into dust for no reason and is gone. And uh, I, I really might have point too. I know I have a lot of petty complaints. No, do it, do it. Yeah, let T two go. When uh, Scourge is that the guy's name? Yeah, yes. yeah, that's it. Bald dude with head tats. I referred to him in my notes as head tats. <laughs> so when Scourge is surrounded by all those women, and it's like you know, he's like, "Oh, look at me! Oh, look at all this stuff." He makes a joke. It's it takes a weirdo like me to really take this joke to another level of why it didn't work for me. So he pulls out two M16s and he's like, oh, I got these from some guys in Texas. Oh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it's a condescending like, hey, look at this joke. Digging deeper into this, why this joke didn't work for me. This is a modern era movie. And this motherfucker pulls out two Vietnam era M16s that no <laughs> civilian in Texas would easily <laughs> obtain. Like, you can pull out two just I like normal, this deep cut. Normal looking AR-15s or two M4 style like modern machine gun, you know, military rifles. But no, like, oh, let's let's pull out these like Vietnam era weapons that nobody in Texas would really have. Mm-hmm. And let's make a joke about it. Yeah. And, and he names them Des and Destroy because it's Get it. Destroy. Get it. So all of that combined just like enraged me. And I was like, this is so <laughs> stupid. Don't forget the shake weight. Yeah. They, they went for the low-hanging fruit with like, ah, Texas, a lot of guns. But they didn't pick like something realistic for that joke, and that bothered me. <laughs> that Scur- is pretty petty. Scourge is, I applaud the pettiness. Scourge is lame and not worth my time talking about. He sucks. He's boring. Yeah, he's he sucks. he's a, another nothing character. They try to give him a redemption to... arc. It's stupid. We hate it. It's dumb. No. Yeah. He's, a, he's a bald man with head tats. Yeah. I hated him from the moment he showed up on my screen. Although he makes for a good transition because let's talk about Hela. The villain. Yeah, we got to talk about Hela. Hela shows up. She has the most narrative potential in this film for any sort of thematic anything. Her whole deal was that she was Odin's right hand, his firstborn child, who helped him take over the nine realms and basically conquer. And then Odin decided, eh, I'm done doing this. Instead, I'm going to completely revise our history to hide all of this and throw this daughter into some alternate dimension instead. There's totally themes here of imperialism, 
of historic revisionism, there's all kinds of powerful narrative potential and we fucking throw it away again. There's a there's a theme here of, of things just not paying off. You can tell Anthony Hopkins didn't give a whole fuck anymore. No, he, he, just, he just wanted out. The more we talk about this, like the more I genuinely appreciate the first Thor, because like that scene where there are when him and Odin and Thor are fighting in the throne room, and it's like you're not going to be king. Yeah, you're not going to have the hammer. Um, you're you're vain, cruel boy, and like the like the power that he delivers those lines mm-hmm. and like the fight. It feels real. It feels like Shakespearean and and yes. big and larger than life. And like in this scene, he's just he Anthony Hopkins. Might as well just be literally reading cue cards off camera. Just like, oh, I just... Uh, blah, 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 blah. And he's staring yeah, into space. He doesn't give mess. a shit. I and, think it's supposed to be implied <laughs> that he has magic dementia or something, but he's just... All it comes off as is Anthony Hopkins wants out of this fucking movie as fast as possible. And I, I was banished to this land that looks like Ireland. <laughs> Computer Ireland. Yeah. Um, it's Norway. <laughs> It's computer Norway. Looks like Ireland. Make make sense of that. Uh, again, to to what Isaac was saying about all the potential dropped in the Hella story, they reveal like that Odin has this massive history of conquering and bloodshed and imperialism, and um, they just let him off the hook by killing him off. They let him off before Hella shows up. He gets killed off, so we don't get to have him and Hella have that discussion. Yeah. When Thor shows up at the end of the movie to finally face off against Hella, he doesn't give a fuck. He yeah. doesn't give a f- He's like, Hela's like sh- saying, like, we were conquerors. We could be conquerors again. She's giving the evil villain speech. And this could be t- like Thor's moment to be like, no, it's not right what we did. We need to change. We need to be better. We need to, you know, try and make reparations for what we've done. But instead, he's just like, you're no. just terrible. I don't like you. Let's fight. Yeah, and- that's like his I line. Mean, like, oh, but you're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> it even could give Loki a reason to be there. Because, again, I don't know why he's in this movie. Because like, it's Loki, a Thor movie like, and they need Loki. Yeah, like Loki's a frost giant. And they were a people who was who were conquered by Odin. But in Again, I know we've talked about it a lot, but I don't understand the reason that we even have Hela being their sister. If there's yeah. not, if there's not some kind of emotional reason, and if there's not some kind of entreaty to her, like no, we're family. That there's, means something to me. I'm Thor. I feel emotions. Yeah. Like there, then I just, I just don't know what the point is. She could have been any person. It wouldn't matter. It's I don't know if they're like relying so hard on it because everybody loved in Avengers the joke where they're like your brother did all this damage and he's like he's he's adopted <laughs> like everybody loved that joke and like the MCU like can't stop making it because even when he's uh what with the grandmaster is that his name yeah he makes he's the same like, joke again. he's like yeah they make the same joke again it's like is it just that you want to be able to make haha sister jokes and like those got cut or something like there's there's really like it doesn't mean anything to anyone yeah they should have shared they should have shared daddy issues that they can bond over that open up a whole level of dialogue and they just there's no familial connection she shows up she's like you know how the franchise is about familial connection yeah yeah, they, 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 and they give him a sister and do nothing with it. Hella shows up. She's like, "You don't look like him. You kind of talk like him. Kneel to your queen." And then they're just like, "No, 
And then, like, they're separated for the next hour and a half of this film. Mm -hmm. And then when they get back together, it's just a fight. There's no discussion of, like, their history with Odin. There's no discussion of their shared familial bond. It's just like, you're bad guy. I'm good guy. Let's do this. Let's finish this. (laughs) Ha ha. You lost an eye just like dad did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's, Erica said it, there's no reason they need to be siblings it's just what's the phrase of the night the phrase of the night is and they wasted it yeah <laughs> this but, is just or they don't they care either one yeah and it's a purposeful choice they made because as isaac and i talked about she is not in norse mythology nor in the marvel comics not, related to them yeah, she's loki's daughter to them it's yeah it's loki's daughter and since we're clearly not doing anything where loki's gonna turn himself into a horse and then have sex with people oh, we don't need God. Have children why she couldn't we have just... gotten that marvel miniseries <laughs> give me the classic norse myths with chris hemsworth and tom hiddleston that's the marvel <laughs> miniseries i need i need the one where thor dresses up as frigga like or not frigga freya or one of them, I don't remember which one, as a woman pretending to be a bride goes to a frost giant wedding, eats a bunch of shit, and then kills all the frost giants. (laughs) Give me the good, crazy Norse mythology shit. Not this. (sighs) Not this. Yeah, Yeah, just another fucking check on the they wasted it. Hela's powers are boring! Yeah, she's the goddess of death. She shoots swords! Aside from looking like the hottest goth queen that I want to, like, you know, dominate me. Like <laughs> she, she all she does is make stabby things she and that's shoots it. Swords and she spins real fast. That's it. She doesn't have any death powers, no like corrosion. The most deathy thing she does is bring back an army of the dead, which is like the opposite of death powers. Like <laughs> it's it's so dull. She just throws spears and swords and shit at people that she materializes out of nowhere, and it's just so boring the goddess of death what are you the god of Ah! are you you gonna pay that off or oh did she say that Uh, see i forgot that was even a fucking line (laughs) is a prime chance for you to play god of thunder by kiss it's it's the obvious choice no we gotta do immigrant song again we already used it in the beginning, well, but we did it in the trailer too, so we've got to do it three times. Well, th- this was one of T2's um, sticking points: was the yep. the double usage of immigrant song. I'm just going to go off on it now. Do it. Uh, okay. it. Sometimes you can use a song multiple times in a movie, and it works well. Look at Insidious when they use Tiny Tim's "Tiptoe Through the Tulips." <laughs> I love that that's your example. It's a good one. <laughs> it, it, that's it's funny. throughout the movie multiple times. It's creepy. It works so well. When they used the immigrant song twice, just because it has the line "Hammer of the Gods," well, it's it, about Norse mythology, and that's why they picked it because it's about Vikings. But specifically, it's like "Hammer of the Gods." First time they use it, I'm just like, "All right, whatever." The obvious choice. I love Zeppelin, but it makes sense. They use it again, and I'm just like, "Really? Like we use it again?" It, it just, oh god, it made it like it just made me irrationally angry too because. <laughs> You take one of the, you know, this incredible, one of the best rock songs ever and put it in one of the worst superhero movies ever twice and it doesn't even work. I hate it. I hate it so much. It felt like such an easy, like, you know, yeah, let's just, let's do an immigrant song. You know what it really sucks about it is that both times it's used when Thor is fighting just a horde of faceless enemies. 
Yes. The, the first time it's the opening scene against all those fire demons and stuff. And then the second scene, it's against all of the undead. And like, uh, if you're going to do this, have him fight Hella with it. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Mm, yeah. And what makes it ring hollow, and I think this is uh, some of the reason why T2 hates it. I'm going to put worms in your mouth now. Worms. Um, well, I'm going to put worms in your mouth. I'm going to throw it in the wrench. Um, <laughs> he, he was texting me about how he hated how they used it twice and how it just sucks and... It's attempted, it's attempting to punctuate Thor as a character at the beginning of the movie and at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. In the beginning of the movie, he's like, you know, Thor in his prime. He's got Mjolnir and he's kicking ass and nothing phases him. Da, 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 da. He's, he's the ultimate badass immigrant song, his theme. And then throughout the course of the movie, it attempts to like tell a story about him, I guess, learning that he had the power in him all along. And like, telling that years ago, he's like a full grown <laughs> adult, and they're just like, Oh, by the way, you don't need that hammer. Uh, I know that that's the point life. is that it's another thing that they just drop the fucking ball on, and so yeah. they bring back Immigrant Song to punctuate that. Oh, yeah, he's had his arc, he realizes that he is the hammer, he doesn't need it. Duh, immigrant Song, and it's just like because the arc is so unfulfilling and so kneecapped and so shallow. The, the fuck yeah moment doesn't work. There's elements. It, just, it, it feels cheesy and jaded. Yeah, there's elements of adaptation from the unworthy Thor series too here where he's learning to like accept like he's no longer worthy of Mjolnir except here it's that Mjolnir was destroyed. We don't get that shown to us. Instead, we get it mm -hmm. explicitly told to us by Korg in the middle of the movie. Like, literally, Korg makes a thing where he's just like, it sounds like the loss of this hammer is something very deeply painful to you and comparable to the loss of a loved one. And it's like, you decided to though? just... You decided <laughs> to just say that with this joke character instead of showing us his, like, struggles of realizing that I've lost my power... Yeah, it's just another fucking thing that the movie just glibly shits on. Why like, is the God of Thunder weak to electricity? <laughs> Why? To feel, we're supposed to understand that Thor is going through a hard time because his hammer got destroyed. But we don't feel that because every time he talks about it, it's just in this like flighty brat bro we kind of like, yeah, and then I spun it around real fast and then it pulled me off. Get it? Masturbation joke. And how oh you, man, I, I just kind of missed my hammer. Like, how do you that, shock a thunder god? I yeah, know this he, point's he, so minor, but like, oh my god, how do you shock a thunder god? Yeah, It'd be like if they threw fire at Surtur at the beginning of the movie and it killed him. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Did you think for two goddamn seconds about the logic of that? It's like if Magneto was like a an old computer where you put a magnet near him and it was just like, oh, my powers are gone. Or or if like Iron Man beat him or something. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wasted. Another thing wasted. God damn. Oh. Some, it's, it's astonishing. It, it, it literally is astonishing how empty this movie is. Yeah. Let's get like, back to Hella for a second. Oh, there's more. There's, there's more. There's okay. so much more, Tyler. I've got, I'm deleting notes as we go and we're not even halfway through the goddamn notes I want to hit on. Goddamn go, son. <laughs> this is the Citizen Kane of bad MCU movies. Yeah. Uh, and the worst part is that it's bad and it sets a standard for the rest of the MCU to use these bad traits and bad jokes. Like every problem I have with the MCU moving forward from here stems from this fucking movie. <laughs> it's like when we, talk, we did the Batman pod 
and we we kind of shit on the MCU for things, and we were like, we're not, we we love the MCU, we're not shitting on it, but this felt so refreshing. Like Ragnarok is the standard by which you can compare the Batman, or even like on a let's compare Peacemaker as a series to mm-hmm. this, you know, superhero comedy done well. It feels so far in advance and so much better in every single element versus Ragnarok when you look at the comedy elements. Or the hell, the Guardians movies, which it gets compared to all the time. Those those movies are deeply emotional and impactful. They have tons of character arcs that are all driven by emotion, and they are very funny, absurd movies. This proves you can do this like outlandish comedy in a superhero movie and do it not just well, but do it like on an absolute top tier level. And yeah. this is the opposite yeah. of that in every and way. It's a bad comedy and a bad superhero flick. Yes. Like and a, a bad sequel. And a bad yep. sequel, a bad adaptation. It's a it's a bad. It's just a bad. <laughs> um <sighs> Oh, I wanted to bring this up, too, because we're all vying to get all of our takes out on this. Get them out. Um, it's still about Immigrant Song. Um, and this is, again, <laughs> comparing it to the Guardians. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned this to T2 uh, when we were talking about it through text. Like I'm like, okay, take the, the double usage of Immigrant Song and compare it to the double usage of The Chain yes. by Fleetwood Mac in yep. Guardians 2. Like, yep, yep. Didn't think anything um, of it. You're, it's it's so it's like oh this is badass still yes that's how you revisit a song in a movie thematically mm-hmm. and have it work it earns that fuck yeah moment when the chain hits again because it's because the start like of the movie, you understand yeah in the, because you understand it yeah the start of the movie when they first use the chain it's when like the guardians are splitting up there's some tension between them this whole found family thing that they developed in the first movie is kind of on the rocks we're not sure if things are going to work out and then we get to the end of the movie and when we get the chain there it's Peter Quill standing up against his biological father to protect his found family and it has narrative meaning for this Mm -hmm. it's used for throwaway villains literally the equivalent of the putties in Power Rangers (laughs) (laughs) Thor is fighting the putties. Don't disrespect the putties that way. The putties <laughs> are way better than what we get. The video Thor. game undead. Tyler actually he's said, he's like, I, <laughs> when we were watching it, Tyler was like, I'm, you know, I'm glad there's undead in this. I'm like, Tyler, they're every like video game undead. I'm, I'm not saying they're interesting. Is. Like I said, when we were watching it, I'm just, I just like the aesthetic of like undead skeleton zombie guys with glowy eyes. That's, that's as deep as it goes. Okay. that's and we didn't even get a lot of them (laughs) the few little things we that i kind of can give this movie we don't even get a lot of so erica you've been quiet for a minute i don't really i'm trying to think of what else we had on the list because much like watching it the more i talk about it like the more depressing it is like (laughs) the rage dissipates and then you're just sad yeah but it's a bright and funny and colorful adventure yes and it's been called colorful let's uh, yeah Yeah, let's talk about colorful in the way me puking up fruity pebbles is colorful it's not attractively colorful the car is a mess it's just a mismatch it's it's a junk world so it's supposed to be but like it's just a visual bleh it's like if kindergartners finger painted over like the outline of this junk city, that's what Sakaar looks like. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be this, you know, lawless, uh, volatile, dangerous place. 
and we don't feel the threat of it at all. Not <sighs> at all. It's just it's just a goofy garbage planet that Jeff Goldblum that mm, I I adore Jeff Goldblum. I know everybody adores we Jeff Goldblum. He's, He's like one of the internet's favorite dudes. Like I I could watch Jeff Goldblum read the phone book. I've loved him since I was a kid. And not even he is enjoyable in this movie. That's how cursed Thor Ragnarok is. I was annoyed at Jeff Goldblum. Do you know how hard you have to try to make me annoyed of Jeff Goldblum? He's just and they there. did it. You could have put oh. him, Keanu Reeves, and Brendan Fraser all in this movie, and it still would not have saved it. I still wouldn't have been like, you know, but it had those guys in it. And oh. I... <laughs> You know, that's an amazing cast, T2. I love it. It's three of these guys that the internet loves, and for good reason, because they, you know, they all seem like actually good people and they are great actors. Like, it's still, you could have put all three of them in major roles in this, and I still would have been like, you know, even all things considered, that still really sucked. It was awful. Now I want to see Keanu Reeves as Thor. <laughs> There's a point I wanted to make. What was the point about Hella? I think he wanted to go back to Hella. Yeah. Oh, why the fuck does she want to take over Asgard? Uh, because her her, her daddy locked her away. No, 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 listen to me. She kills every Asgardian she comes into contact with, with the exception of Scourge, which she keeps around because he's a sniveling little coward because he's too scared to fight back. Uh, she takes over Asgard in minutes with no effort. She clearly is like on an entirely different league than everyone else there. Why the fuck does she want to rule over these people who are so far beneath her? Why doesn't she go on a rampage and start like conquering the other worlds instead of this whole like, okay, I've killed everyone in Asgard. Oh wait, there's still more of them. I guess I should kill them too. Well, now I have to hop or fixate on killing everyone in Asgard even though they're ants beneath my fucking boot. The, I, I guess I will actually give the movie the benefit of the doubt for this one case, because I, I don't have a problem with her motivations, just her characterization. Earthlings were, you know, ants under Loki's boot, in his own words, in the first Avengers. So it, it's, I, I don't think people who want to conquer and, and like dictate and be rulers, like... They're, they're not necessarily logical in why, you know, like they want to do it just because like they thirst for power or they've been scorned in the past and, you know, this and that and this and that. It's so, just, she kept I'll talking. I'll give the benefit of the doubt to her motivations in and of themselves. It's just, you know, she just like everything talk- else in the movie, they wasted it. She kept talking about Asgard as this great, powerful nation and like this great kingdom of warriors and like the her actual actions completely undermine that because she slaughters everyone around her so easily yeah but i guess it's because you know she was you know fighting alongside her father during this like conquering spree and i guess she sees it as you know seeking vengeance you know taking out her frustrations yes sticking it to the old man as they say yeah so yeah i'll give the i'll give a soft benefit of the doubt to her motivations at least can we talk about Let's get back to Thor as a character for a moment. And I want to step outside of this movie for a moment. I want to step into the follow-ups, which are Infinity War and Endgame. How his character is handled there. Because in those... Uh, Yeah, the best best handling of the character, I think, in the MCU. Here's the thing. Infinity War and Endgame both still have a comedic Thor. 
Thor mm-hmm. is still cracking jokes. Thor is still meant to be funny in a lot of ways, but there is an an emotional core to him beneath that. In Infinity War, he's acting cocky and cracking jokes even after, you know, Thanos shows up, slaughters almost all the remaining Asgardians and kills his brother in front of him. But it's clear that this cracking jokes is now like a coping mechanism that he's using to deal with his grief and fear. There's like... When we see Thor cracking jokes now, it's not just, oh, he doesn't care about anything. He's like, Thor's doing this because he's scared. Thor's terrified that he's not going to be strong enough to save the people he cares about. He's already failed, and he's still failing, and he's trying to stop failing, and he has to do something to cope. Then in Endgame... We get him falling into a depression after failing to defeat Thanos. We get Fat Thor and we get some body shaming issues there. But like, we get this whole redemptive arc where he realizes he's still worthy. He manages to get Mjolnir back and realize he's still worthy despite all of his suffering and failure. And there's still a lot of jokes around him as a character, but he's treated with so much more respect because he has a character to be based off of. Yeah, definitely. And um, one of the things that blows my mind about how the wider fandom receives Thor in Ragnarok and Thor in Endgame is you'll, you'll hear more people say they're disappointed in Thor in Endgame because they turned him into a joke where he was so cool before. And I'm like, how? How on earth can you say that Endgame turned him into a joke when Ragnarok turned him into the ultimate fucking joke. I, I like, I get it. Yes. Yeah, some of the fat jokes in Endgamer, but like, there's so much more to it than that. He has one of the more emote. He has one of the most like vulnerable and emotional arcs in that movie. Like, and Hemsworth himself gives a really good performance yeah. in that movie. When shit, I can't even remember who's the one who goes to, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's Hulk. It's Banner Hulk. It's Professor Hulk. Oh, you're okay. Yeah. When he goes to New Asgard to try to get, you know, Thor back into the game, and he's like, hey, we're going to try to, like, go after Thanos. Thor This, like, this, this facade that, that Thor has put up of, like, the I don't give a shit, you know, gamer bro, like, completely falls away. And you see the fear in him. You see, like, all the trauma all of a sudden rush back into his face. And he's just like, no, like, I don't know. No, goodbye. Like, I'm not like, it's, it's so good. It's so effective. And like, you feel for him mm-hmm. in that moment. And like the movie punctuates his characters with, with vulnerable moments like that. I, I think he's one of the best parts of Endgame. And people think they, that they ruined him just because they made him fat. No. What makes the fatness work is that. It's a sign end, of his depression. Finally- it's a sign of his arc. Yes, yeah. and like when he finally is worthy again and feels he's worthy again and he gets Mjolnir, like he doesn't automatically become muscular again. He's still fat, you yeah. know? So like he <laughs> it's the fatness although some of the jokes that the characters make at his expense are kind of cringy. Like narratively, I think the movie treats it with, you know, nuance. So calling it a joke in Endgame I think is completely completely like a misinterpretation. And also that gave uh a certain type of cosplayer all around. The world. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they turn them into that Rick and Morty meme of like, you son of a bitch. I'm in. Yeah. Like <laughs> I can just throw in my pajamas and my bathrobe and I can just get a Mjolnir hammer and that's a, that's it. I'm good. That's the male equivalent of uh, cosplaying as Harley Quinn now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Right? Like it's just so overdone. You've seen it a million times and it's like, well, you know, it never looks awful, but it's just kind of like, okay, we get it. Like, 
everybody. That and Peter B. Parker from Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, and you cosplay as Peter B. Parker. You are just lazy. We don't care. About <laughs> uh, uh, also, if you cosplay as All Might or Santa Claus. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like you're definitely never gonna have your doctorate. Mm-hmm. Like, no oh, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off that day. How many degrees do you have, asshole? <laughs> a very worthless one. Hey, we, T1 and I both had the same degree from University of Name Redacted. Yeah. <laughs> Erica, you have any thoughts? Or have you completely checked out because it's just this movie's too much? Uh, she was off mic when you asked that. Oh, shit. I like how you've all broken our... Uh, our format for this one, like the other two that I've done with you, we've had a format. Yeah, we kind of. It turned into my God, we all hate this, don't we? We've jumped all over the place on this one. I <laughs> think we've been pretty, um, you know, freight train. Sorry, Erica, I asked you. You got something? I don't really. I know I have more. That's just hard because it's really, it's really, really a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're two hours in right now. Yeah, here's a character we haven't talked about. Let's talk about Valkyrie. Mm, I forgot. Okay. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't know why I. Okay, I think I do know why I don't care about Valkyrie. Aside from the fact that she's in a shitty movie that doesn't care about anything, I think the problem is her character actually has a decent foundation. And I, I was mm-hmm. I was struggling with this when we watched it recently. She's a former hero turned bitter after a crushing defeat that completely stole her idealism away from her and she has to find her honor and her desire to help again. She's an alcoholic who's struggling with that. That's a very classic character arc and one that can be done very well. The problem, I think, is that she is an inherently snarky and cynical character, which is fine, but she's in a film where every single other person is snarky and cynical, so mm-hmm. there's no one and nothing for her character to play off of. Yeah, so. she's just kind of a fifth wheel. I have something pulled up right now, just, you know, some kind of general information about the movie. Yeah. And it says that Tessa Thompson was inspired by Sarah Connor from Terminator 2, one of my favorite movies literally ever for this role. And that makes me want to punch a wall. <laughs> Because um, <laughs> Sarah Connor, one of my favorite characters in all of film ever. And it's just like she was inspired by Sarah Connor, Sarah Connor for this role. But it's just like what happened? I, again, um, I don't blame I don't blame the actress. Um, no, I uh, I don't either. But it's like I, I can't I don't have a good comparison for what that she, is. She's not. She hard. herself is not bad in the movie. It's just the movie gives her nothing to work That's with. That's what I'm saying. The, the best thing she has is her cute little play fighting that she does with the Hulk. Yeah, and like we, I want, I want more of that. That's the only thing that makes her. It's like, oh look, she's got a drinking problem. Ooh. Which again, if she um, wasn't in a movie that's so already cynical in every other aspect it's like that can work you can do that but like the movie yeah. don't give a fuck about nothing so a character that don't give a ba- <laughs> fuck about nothing why should i give a fuck about her and it's another way that they completely shit on the it's a people not a place things she could be another way to explore that idea by having her like grapple with her past and how she feels about her homeland and what happened to her and does she want to go back does she want to fight for it again but it's all just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Tessa Thompson. She's got 
crazy charisma. I like her as an actress, but mm-hmm. the movie gives her nothing to work with. And like the one, again, the one little nugget this is like the third tiny little nugget of the movie. I like, it's just this cute little throwaway moment. She has with Hulk. She comes into the room. And she's like, Hey big guy, what are you doing? And he, I can't even remember what he says. And he's just like, I think he's like winning. And like, it's just, it's a cute little exchange. And like, I think I said to Isaac, I'm like, how does she have more chemistry with Hulk in like a 15 second scene than fucking Thor does the whole movie? I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because she she actually shows some uh, interest in him, some empathy for his desires and wants. She actually treats him like a person and like enjoys interacting with him, whereas Hulk and Thor just bicker the whole time. Oh, God, that fucking childish toddler fight they have mm-hmm. you're stupid no you're stupid they're just throwing shit across oh my the room god. oh my god like I, w- I was laughing my ass off not because i thought it was funny but because it was so stupid that like, i guess I, I guess it was uh, an ironic laughter like i'm like this is so bad and unfunny that like it circles around to being funny in some weird perverse way what hurts is that so stupid that scene in particular hurts because underneath the terrible delivery of it is the nugget of hulk found a place where he belongs mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to go back to earth where he's hated which is a yep. core part of the planet hulk plot line and that nugget's in there but it's covered in turd it's <laughs> it's, it's the faintest glimmer of gold beneath so much turd and it's just like ah did you say something? No, I just... Ah, that's all I had. <laughs> okay. I wonder if there were other people like me who were really alarmed by the fact that in this one, Hulk is just big green Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. <laughs> they, they changed the design of his face. Oh my, you just dragon poor old mark marky ruff ruff through the, through the not even just that it's mark Ruffalo and that i'm not a fan it's that his face is all it's just it's no longer the Hulk. It's just the same guy, but green and so large. I was I was disappointed with the change, too. I don't think the new design is bad, and I understand why they did it, but I do miss the, from the Avengers films where he was more Neanderthal-looking. He had, like, the sloped brow, and he had, you know, big, almost ape-like arms, and he hunched over a lot, and, like, it made him look a lot more monstrous, whereas here it's just, yeah, we beefed up Mark Ruffalo and turned him green. You gave him a big like, shiny ass. There should be like in the show, the uh, the show from the seventies. If Lou Ferrigno had also played Bruce Banner, that does not work at all. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. I used to, I used to love that show. So <laughs> you're just saying that like a bunch of hilarious images just flashed into I'm, I'm just thinking of He Man now. How like he, Prince Adam and He Man are exactly <laughs> the, the same. same. Guy, just yeah. one's wearing a pink tunic and the other's shirtless. Yeah, <laughs> one is one of the best toys ever, and one is one of the worst toys in that entire franchise. Speaking of the '70s Hulk show, um, Isaac, we should watch the pilot, which is feature length. There's a feature length pilot, and talk about that because it's yeah, good. yeah, it rules. It's, it's so good. I think you've told me that we should we should we'll put that one on the docket too. Um, and then after you show him that, you show Isaac uh, pumping iron. To get him a different take on Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> I don't think Isaac would care about pumping iron. It's Louie. Louie, we got to work out, Louie. Sorry. You know what's funny is that I met Lou Ferrigno at a con once and uh, I had oh, sort wait, of. What? Yeah, he was at um, Fanboy one year. Yeah. 
I I met him briefly, and I had a very short, brief conversation with him. I didn't get anything signed because I wasn't like a big fan or anything. But I was like, oh man, this guy's like big into the whole history of the Hulk. You know, I gotta you know meet him while he's here. And you know, he seemed obviously he's at a con. He's got tons and tons of people to talk to, but he kind of seemed a little dismissive to me. And I was like, oh man, maybe Lou Ferrigno is kind of a jerk. And then like the next day, I see like a news story about how Lou Ferrigno saved somebody who was like having a stroke. I'm like, maybe I'm the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he also, I don't. I- I don't know what this would like play into this at all. If, you know, if maybe like you were having conversation, you thought he didn't hear you, but he also has like severe hearing loss. Does he? To, like, yeah. That might've been so, it then. Yeah. Isaac, you're the fucking prick in yeah, this situation. Yeah. I'm the asshole. In the, I'm definitely the asshole in this situation. So apologies yeah, to Mr. Like, Lou Ferrigno. Like uh, a severe ear infection or something like that when he was a baby. Mm-hmm. And obviously he's a baby. So his parents don't know, you know, he can't just be like, Hey, right. something's going on. And that affected him for the rest of his life. So that's why he has like severe hearing loss. Mm. Good to know. Seems like a swell dude. Uh, <laughs> I, I was just, a, I was just a dick to him, I guess. <laughs> he was great in King of Queens. Um, oh God, he was in that, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He was oh, the neighbor. God. I remember. Oh, I love <laughs> awesome. Fuck, what else <laughs> do we even talk about in this film? Are we, are we done? Uh, you said you had a whole host of shit. I like, kind of do, but I'm like, I'm getting where Erica's at, where it's just mm-hmm. like, I don't care anymore. Man. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of peak at, I mean, there's only so much I can bitch about it before it gets really repetitive. Yeah. And I think I pretty much hit on everything. Yeah, I've covered all of my notes, the few I, notes I took. I've so. got some review review we can do, but like, yeah, yeah, let's just jump into review review. All the anger starting to melt away. 93% tomatometer, 87% audience. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. Uh, Kurt. Mm. excuse me sorry i was about to throw up reading these uh thor l so they loved the movie so much they named themselves after this um taika took thor movies to a different path that's what we wanted to see from a thor movie unlike other thor movies ragnarok has character growths and also nice storyline the movie showed how you had me in the first half i'm not gonna lie (laughs) this movie showed how funny thor is and we got to know that thor all caps for some reason doesn't need a weapon to get his true power also want to mention that it had some emotional scene like odin's death and warriors three death actually this movie is a combination (laughs) of fun and emotion so probably the best thor movie out of three five out of five stars i no, we we kind of stepped away from doing review review because it felt shitty, just like tearing into people's opinions. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to do that here. I don't want to start again just because we hate this movie. I just want to reiterate, like we were saying in the very beginning, like we're not we're not trying to convince anybody to change their mind on the movie. We're not trying to tell anybody they're wrong if they love this movie because obviously we're the odd people out on this one. Mm-hmm. But I just. There's the only thing I could say about because I've read a bunch of positive reviews, I've read positive analysis, watched positive analysis, and I've just the gulf between like how I see this movie and how most people see this movie is so vast, I can't connect it to to to, to like any understanding. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I just so fundam- fundamentally see a different movie than most people that it's it's hard to even put into words. It's baffling. <laughs> I don't. I feel like everyone, I feel like the four of us 
are living in an alternate universe where every time we turn on Thor Ragnarok, we see a different film than everyone else is seeing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Erica was saying that when you were pinching one off. Yeah, we were talking about that. And I really wanted to like it and I wanted to laugh. And I was sad that I wasn't part of all the people who did. Yeah, I never, I never want to hate a movie. I never go into a movie, even one that like I'm hesitant about or don't think looks good. Like I never go into a movie being like, "Well, let's see how shitty that is." I like, wanted to love this movie. Going yes, in. I was yes. desperate to love it. I was like, "A movie with Thor and Hulk? That sounds awesome!" Yes. Oh. <laughs> and they just they punched you right in the dick. Yeah. Um. Here's one from one of our people. The dozens of us out there who don't like this movie. This is from Greg L. Greg says, awful, awful, awful. First Thor is taking out an electric net. He is God of Thunder and Lightning. Must have been a 1,000 terrible jokes. Oh, and the Hulk makes no sense. He should have changed back so many times. Sitting in huge hot tub calm. Should have changed back playing with a ball and going for a walk. Should have changed back to Banner. And what scares me is that this is the same director as making the next Thor. Dumb, dumb, dumb idea. 1.5 out of 5 stars. Is this how we sound? <laughs> I think this person just like rage reviewed as soon as he walked out of the theater. Mm-hmm. Is this how we sound? Have we've sounded for the past two hours? Do we sound like this guy? This guy sounds like the Hulk. <laughs> oh. They did movie wrong. Movie bad. So I've got a weird analogy for this movie as a whole that I just thought of. Mm-hmm. And and the, you guys are going to laugh and you should laugh at this. So when I was a kid, there was this recipe for like a really basic cake. Mm-hmm. I used to make with my grandma all the time. Aww. It was like simple, like, you know, very few ingredients. And it was always like, you did, it didn't even need icing. It was just a good plain cake. Like not really like a pound cake, but kind of similar, if that makes sense. So I always enjoyed it. And it was always like, oh, cool. Like I enjoyed the process of making the cake mm-hmm. and eating the cake. It was always fun. You know, you're a kid, so you're just enjoying making something. Mm-hmm. So this movie felt like this one specific instance where we made that cake, but... We forgot the sugar in the cake. So we cut it and we bite in and we're just like, something's wrong. I what's what's wrong with this? It looks fine. It the texture is normal, but something is severely off. And then we realize we forgot the sugar. And that's the way this movie feels. I went into it just like, sweet, this is gonna be fun. It's, it's like that hollow. cake I always had. It's the MCU hollow. is that cake I always had. Mm-hmm. but like it's like they they forgot the sugar and i left and i was just like you had that moment of like what was wrong with that it wasn't right something was wrong and then you start realizing like they didn't do this and that was the movie equivalent of forgetting the sugar that one time in the cake i used to <laughs> they forgot to care yeah <laughs> they forgot to put the love in that's a great comparison and you yeah. can reach on the analogy but that's the way i feel with this movie if i went into it just so happy and excited yeah. and left fused and disappointed. Yeah. That's like when I accidentally put baking soda in a batch of waffles instead of baking powder. Oh, so when sad. I bit into the waffle, it was the worst thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just a bitter. Thor Ragnarok is a bitter waffle. That's what it is. <laughs> it tastes like Arm and Hammer. That's, oh, a, that's this- Tyler's final review is Thor Ragnarok, yep, is, a Ragnarok is a bitter waffle. <laughs> That's the tagline. Last review review. This is from Clyde in, and I completely agree with Clyde, although not in regards to this movie in particular. Um, Clyde says, I'd give Taika Waititi a kiss. Five out of five stars. <laughs> yeah, he is a, he's a cute, he's a cute dude. I'd give Taika Waititi a kiss. 
Especially Blackbeard Taika. Not for making this movie, just in general. No. Like, give Taika Waititi a kiss. I kind of want to tell Taika Waititi to get his head out of his ass with these movies and understand what makes his other work so amazing. But um, Do we have- Taika, I'm sorry. Like every movie you've made, boy, Lamb, Eagle versus Shark, What We Do in the Shadows, Hunt for the Wilder People, fucking Jojo Rabbit, Our Flag Means Death. I love it all. <laughs> But I don't know what you're smoking when you make these fucking Thor movies. Yeah. Jojo Rabbit. I've heard I should see it. And I heard it's excellent. Jojo, Jojo, Jojo Rabbit is phenomenal. everything that is good about Taika Waititi. And it's not like I'm avoiding it. It's one of those. It's like a lot of movies, you know, they just end up like you're like, oh, shit. You know, you hear all this good stuff from mm-hmm. your friends and critics and everything. and You're like, I've got to watch that. And then it just goes by the wayside. Jojo Rabbit is the pinnacle of dramedy. It is the perfect blend of sincere, painful emotion with humor. Pretty much what I heard. And I need to watch it. I I think you will enjoy it. Maybe that can be a future pod. I'll uh, I'll watch Jojo Rabbit. We can cover it. Sure. Yeah. I love Jojo Rabbit. Let's do it. We need more really positive. Good. We need more positive YTD. I don't want to shit on him all the time because I'm about to say positive movies. I was like, "What movie you watching, Isaac?" Like, <laughs> very not very positive, different. happy, good, Philly, but positive in like yeah. Also, this is the him. opposite of like the He Man podcast I was on in every way, where I was just like, I went in with one of my favorite franchises, my favorite piece of media from an entire year, and I was like, I can't wait to share my love of this entire thing. And this is like, I went into it the whole day. I'm just like, I can't wait to shit on this movie for <laughs> hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a very different. We've experience. all wanted to shit on it for so long that Isaac literally had to shit. I literally had yeah. to shit. I, I went out and I found it. I went out and grabbed a physical copy of Thor Ragnarok and I threw it in the <laughs> toilet and I used the bathroom on it. Because literally like months ago, you guys were like, yeah, we're going to do a podcast on Ragnarok T2. It's not what you guys call me, but we'll say that. <laughs> so it was like, we're going to do this phys- we're going to do this podcast about uh, Ragnarok T2. You want to be on it? Because we know you hate it too. And I was like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> and that was months ago. So this has been like in the works for a long this time. This has been in the making since episode one of Tongue and Geek. I think yeah, I basically I started to- references we've made to this. Throughout. Since episode one, we have been referencing <laughs> Thor Ragnarok. Uh, uh, well, I hope, the, I hope this episode lives up to the constant fucking... <laughs> references we've made to it for a year like i said we're gonna lose the handful of fans we have we're gonna alienate everyone because it is such a popular i mean tv is a famous movie critic on twitter now so (laughs) it's true (laughs) if only if only he's gonna get shit on by people on twitter now so maybe maybe the horror community is just like nah dude we hate that movie too maybe do we have final thoughts on this goddamn thing I had one review that I saw for review review and it like touched on, it touched on like what Isaac and I have gotten into a whole lot, but I didn't even want to like, again, like you just at a certain point are exhausted and you can only, um, you can only beat a dead horse so much, but, uh, this person gave it two and a half stars and they said they felt like it was fan fiction quality. That's definitely like bad fan fiction, crack fan fiction. That's very much the feel I get from this where it's like, 
ludicrous for the sake of being ludicrous but yeah. a crack fan fiction is done with love for the characters so that's, i can't even get into how that's not you know truly what? even what this is that's not fair to fanfic it's it's not yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fanfic but is made the, with love that's true yes this person also pointed out like we've said how there were little moments for a serious story arc that just immediately get shot down mm-hmm. um that there were little opportunities for that that then just die and then they he get it they get it and then they also said they thought it was funny that like tony stark and star lord like they can have emotions they can have emotions about their father and their complicated relationship but a demigod who watches his father die gets his eye gouged out and then watches his whole home world be just demolished just like can't emote at all yeah yeah he, the only way he can emote is just to be sassy you didn't talk about his bad eye makeup oh yeah that's what his eye makeup's bad. There, when when Hella slashes out his eye, <laughs> yeah. like, and he's got the he's got the, his the eye wounded eye. Yeah. It look, it's an awful fucking effect. Like, yeah. it's coming from two guys that B horror movies are like a core part. The bread of and butter. Yeah, <laughs> like that we love with everything in us. We can look at that and just be like, oh, that looks like garbage. Can we make a solemn vow right now that we will never mention Thor Ragnarok again on this podcast? I think. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I feel good. I think I feel great. I never <laughs> ever need to ever talk about Thor Ragnarok again. Not just in this podcast, but just in my person. I think I think it's done. I think Ragnarok's over. I think it's dead. It's uh, the the world has ended. <laughs> this is this is what is left. Uh yes, this has been our big monster as Hulk says during the finale of yep. Yep. Ragnarok when yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm good. Plan- <laughs> recommendations. Go read Planet Hulk, please. It's such a good yeah. fucking storyline. Or just any Thor comic, if you want. I recommend God of Thunder, the God thing. Butcher series from 2013 for Thor, uh, which I, I haven't watched Love and Thunder yet. I can't tell you. Uh, if... Uh... Tyler Word says on the streets to be believed. Um, it seems like uh, Mr. Watiti uh, wasn't again. content shitting on Planet Hulk in the Ragnarok story. He's mm-hmm. also shitting on Gore. So let's mm-hmm. watch him butcher my favorite Thor story too. But anyway, let's rate this fucking this time. Actually, uh-huh. go watch, go watch the Lou Ferrigno Hulk series. There we go. <laughs> it's the opposite in every way. I think for the most part, if you go into it thinking like. This is a 70s TV show that was really popular. Mm-hmm. And you'll be go able to tell that from the intro. So, yes. Go, go into it with that and just be like, this is kind of fun. There's like, an episode with Thor, too, enjoy. isn't there? Yeah, there's a whole movie with Thor. Mm-hmm. So it's not their first team up. There you go. All right. Let's rate the damn thing and just be done with it. God, what, we don't want to talk about if it's horny or not. <sighs> it shows Hulk, but it's I will a- say that. Okay, this is the one prop I'll give it. It's horny because Chris Hemsworth looks really good in it, especially when he gets his haircut. Is it horny um, if there's just attractive people in it? Does that count? Uh, yeah, good point. Like, okay, well, it's not necessarily horny, but we're horny for the character. The, the I'm not. It. I'll be honest. Really? They're all hot, but the movie around them is so bad that any sexual appeal is just wow. sucked out of it. <laughs> You're I'm, the horniest person I know. I know. I can't even get the horny get going. I don't give a fuck. There's a completely, as a completely straight man, there was no John Hamm in this, so I'm going to say it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, Hemsworth steps out of that pool and he's half naked. He's got his shirt on and every shirt off and everything. He's all cut and it's just like, I... 
Whatever. Man, this movie broke you even more than I thought it I, did. It, <laughs> the movie's so forced is what it is. And like that scene where they're showing his bod, it, we're, it's forced. It's like, yes, obviously everyone's... <laughs> Boo, we know what you're doing. Boo. <laughs> mm. Let's rate the damn oh. thing and be done with it, please. Please. Okay. Uh, uh, I have one last thing to say. God damn it. <laughs> Go for it. Have you guys seen this promo that I don't know if it's just Regal or it's maybe it's just one of the movie companies, maybe it's movie like or cinema companies all across America or maybe the world are doing right now. When, oh, with Kate Blanchett? No, you can get a, a uh, Thor's hammer popcorn bucket where it's just, oh. uh, you lift up Thor's hammer like by the handle and it's full of popcorn. It doesn't look as large as even probably a medium sized popcorn. And uh, it's $40 and people are saying that they were lining up hours before the first showing opening day to get this. Oh, this is not uh, worth suck it. My ass. This is not Forty, worth it. $40. I know movie popcorn's expensive. It's good, but it's yeah. pretty expensive. But $40? As someone who worked in a movie theater, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. The people who collect these kind of movie paraphernalia are fucking nuts for it. Uh, It's on eBay for $80 or $90. Suck my ass. Like, I don't want to shit on collectors because I know that bug. Like, I have some of that bug. But that just feels insulting to my intelligence. Like, if they made an E-Man power sword full of popcorn for $100, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. (laughs) But for this piece of trash and this just character that I can't stand for the most part in this entire just MCU world, it's, it's I saw like, that it just it it just irked me. That's all. I mean. It's like the MCU is like hacking us at this point because all the like people for the hashtag, it's like driving to the AMC forty five minutes away from me just so I can get the bucket. Going to movies at nine a.m. tomorrow to try to get the bucket. I hate myself. It's like they 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 know it'll work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean yeah. anything. Of but course they, they know. They it works. know. And you know it's just like thin, flimsy plastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, um, how do you wash it? Even in the MCU, they couldn't have even made a piece of Spider-Man collectible that I would have been like forty dollars for this, and it's Spider-Man. Yep, sign me up. I'm gonna do you know insert whatever it takes. Like you know, drive forty-five yeah. minutes, be at the nine a.m. showing. No, T one and I both have a. Passions for collecting, we'll say. They should have so. done the Hulk's butt cheeks. They should have sold the plastic Hulk <laughs> butt cheeks to eat. I want to eat popcorn out of the Hulk's ass. <laughs> you pull a kernel out of his ass one by one. Mm. I didn't realize since we didn't time it this way that we're recording it on the day Love yeah, and Thunder yeah, comes out. It, yeah, this it would be cool Thunder. if we could put it out on the day Love and Thunder comes out, but uh, we're not that organized. So. No. And. Fuck that. It doesn't need any extra promotion. <laughs> Fuck it. You know what? Ed, the only positivity, like film-wise, I would say I've got this week is this is also the week that the Clerks 3 trailer dropped. Yes, yeah, so exciting. And that, my hopes are very high. That may be a podcast in the future where we are either I've not watched a single Clerks film. Well, if you... Oh, man. Isaac. If, uh, if you ever worked a job facing the public... Yeah. I have done that. Yeah, which he has. That, that first one hits a lot different. I probably, yeah. I probably enjoy them. We'll put it down on the list. 
I feel like that movie is so important to like the formativeness of our teenage years and the beginning of our relationship, Tyler. It is. Like it it's works. so, so Clerks too. Okay. Yeah, Clerks too actually came out the year that Tyler and I started dating. Um, so he got to like introduce me to everything, and for Clerks three, like they've really got everybody coming back. So. so- and, we, and Tyler and I also met Dante, and it was like one yeah. of the best things that ever happened because he's such a cool dude. I also have a personal, I, I love that we're, I didn't mean to go off on this little tangent. I was about to say, we are, oh, we <laughs> yeah. just gave up on Thor Ragnarok. Uh, it doesn't need a rating. Fuck we it. Wanna, we we, we, we want to have some positivity, right? Yeah, include some. Sure. Yeah yeah. 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 I also have yeah. an emotional connection to Clerks, too. I, you know, I had some friends that were, they were four years older than me. And it was kind of like, I guess as an only child, I didn't have that older brother figure in my life. So this group of friends were kind of like that for me, introducing me to things that an older brother or an older cousin or something of that era would have. It's the same group of friends that introduced me to like Metallica and Guns N' Roses, if that makes sense. So they also showed me all these movies that I wouldn't have found on my own because I was a little bit too young. So they showed me Clerks 2 for the first time. And I just remember them talking about it and me having this appreciation of like, like, this is something big because they were talking about the first Clerks movie, which, you know, was not on my radar at all. So I also had this big affinity for the Clerks movies and just, I guess, the whole view of universe that Kevin Smith created. But and it also related because they were just like, yeah, man, you guys ever seen Basketball? They were like, they were like, the first dirty movie I ever saw, and I was just like, "Well, shit! I guess I got to find this movie, Basketball." So, <laughs> basketball, shit! I forgot about Basketball. We watched Clerks two on New Year's Eve into New Year's Day at probably like five six a.m. Man, so, that sounds like a good memory. I have a good Clerks two memory. Like, I like how we have this all this. This there. Everybody is everybody's having Clerks 2 memories <laughs> but me. Back in the day when Erica and I were little babies. You we're get to little tell babies. It. Yeah, I get to tell it. Oh, I wanted to tell it. Okay. It was my movie that I owned. Yeah. We used to live just a couple houses down from each other for a spell. And um, she had a friend over one night. And um, I can't remember if it was like I had to go to work the next day or not or whatever. If we were, we were still in school even? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think this was like I think it was like, like senior year, possibly. Yeah. And um, well, I was still in high school because I had to sneak out to do this, and we had to be really quiet so I didn't get mm-hmm. caught. I'm in bed, just like watching TV. It's like midnight. I'm in my boxers, possibly post fap. Don't know. Can't tell you for sure. <laughs> and I just hear like a knocking on my window. I'm like, what the fuck? And like, I hear it again. And like, I go up to it and I move the blinds, and it's Erica and her friend. And they like, watched ah. you fap, and they <laughs> finished fapping themselves. And they're like, let's watch Clerks 2 now. Good they're like, ah. You heard a faint trombone off in the distance. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. And they're like, hi. I'm like, what the hell are you guys doing here at my window at midnight? They're like, we want to watch Clerks 2. Can you lend us the DVD? I'm like, what the. What the fuck? You snuck out of the house and didn't like to borrow one of my movies? Yeah, I think that story... <laughs> I'm like, okay, here you go. That story is really testament to how good Clerks is, because that night, I introduced her to Clerks 1, which was the only one I owned, and we watched it, and she was like, I literally cannot wait another second to see what happens <laughs> in the next one. Like, we need to get our hands on it. Oh, and it's like approximately 2007. Tyler's like flip phone is like turned <laughs> off because his family never paid the bill. So I can't call him. There's like 
there's really it's like we have to go get a physical DVD. Everything about this story is so dated. It's very early 2000s. It's story. like there was no other way we could have <laughs> obtained this at 12 in the morning besides going to my boyfriend's house, sneaking out to go get it. And also when we knocked on the window, Tyler used this really gruff voice that he never used. I don't remember using the he was, voice. He was like, who's the like very tough, very masculine, and we're like, yeah. Yeah. like we have the movie, and Tyler comes over and hands it to me, and he's and he's fully nude. I was not no, fully nude. You had the sheet around uh, your waist, mm. but Tyler sleeps nude a lot, and so uh, yeah, I'm, at I'm like nudie booty. yeah, so at midnight, a propros of nothing because his flip phone is shut off. He gets a knock at the door at twelve a.m. while he's the naked. window. Yeah, the window, and it's like, hey, we need clerks too. Man. And it was so worth it because Clerks 2 is such a good movie. Like, I remember my first retail job, I worked at a pharmacy, and everybody, like, the day Clerks 2 came out, they were just like whispering about it, and they're like, a donkey, a donkey. Like, it was. <laughs> I love how Isaac's just <laughs> listening to this with no yeah. fucking context. Yeah, and that's how. Yeah. listening to it without context and then like shortly after that i see it and i'm like i get it i get why that's all you guys could talk about so i'm so excited for clerks three like it's it's oh it, it has to be good but you can taste it? racism <laughs> <laughs> no baby you can't taste racism <laughs> so oh, great that's a jokes. Good positive note. yeah that's a good positive note to uh end this on because when i was honestly, a clerk at a grocery store <laughs> One time a guy came up to me after it rained a long time and there were a bunch of puddles and ducks were sitting in those puddles. He walked up to me while I was getting buggies and said, hey man, can I have one of these ducks? And I'm like, I don't fucking own them. Catch them, I guess. I don't own these ducks. They're not for sale, if that's what you're asking. And he's like, cool. And then they waddled away. I don't know if he managed to catch one. I don't know if he wanted to keep one as a pet or eat it, but I did not ask questions. Long story short, we ended that on a positive note and... We're not going to end on a positive note when we rate it, but I kind of needed that because I was really feeling down, commiserating I, with you guys about how much we hate this I movie. I kind of, yeah, I started out with a high energy and it, it's just, ugh, yeah, wow. yeah, I can't, yeah. I'm glad, same, it, wasn't, I'm glad it wasn't just me because yeah. I was really going to go on a rant about the whole like Thor's powers, his emotion thing, but you guys mentioned that I brought that up and I was like, that's, that's enough because my heart can't be in it when it's just... And then how, how do people do this for a living? The people that just like monetize hate. hating and shitting on pop culture. I don't know. On- I, the Twilight one we did was more fun, I feel like. Yeah, because we didn't have like genuine hatred for it because we had no connection to it. Skin in the game, yeah. Yeah, we could just yes, like laugh at it, it yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. People get that serotonin hit off of notifications on social media of just like, oh, look at all these interactions I've had today from people telling me that i'm stupid or people being like yeah you're a you get it man i think that's the only redeeming factor is they they get off on masochists you think they're a bunch of like yeah that could be that could be a naughty boy i'm a naughty boy who comes out of movies they enjoy opening twitter and seeing like notification attention yeah and they're just like oh yeah we did something today we made it (laughs) yeah i just i couldn't i I couldn't sell my soul like that i think the reason too if you compare this to twilight when we when we talked about twilight versus when we talked about Thor ragnarok it is definitely because we don't have skin in the game like isaac said but it's also because something that i've thought for a long time 
Um, there's to me really only one genre of movies that if you're not successful, it's a real fail and you have a hard time having fun. And that's a comedy movie. And this yeah. is truly suppo- it's supposed to mostly be a comedy. If you watch a bad horror movie, that can be funny. If you watch a bad romance movie like Twilight, that can be funny. But if a funny movie <laughs> isn't funny, <laughs> it's really not funny. That's and true, so, because anything, yeah, that's a great yeah, point. Uh, yeah, and that's and that's what it is that that disappointment. Like I wanted to be one of the gang. I wanted to be laughing. I want to be like T 2s wife, who's like, "How could you not find this so funny?" There are like <laughs> reviews where like I literally cried. Like I literally cried laughing. Like you know they get that ab workout. I'm like, that's the best feeling. I wanted that, <laughs> but that's not here. You assholes, I'm jealous. Yeah, like I, I don't get. Have. Yeah, I don't get where you're getting that, and I would have loved it if it could have happened. But there's zero. Like when you ask what the rating is, the rating is just bad. I can't even put. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm it's, not gonna give it a rating. It's a zero. It's a, I, will, I can't even uh, think of anything quirky. It's just the one of the worst movies I've ever I'll seen. I'll give it a whimsical rating because god damn it, we've come this far. I'll give it one out of five million dead as guardians that no one cares about. <laughs> give it um, a point five sexy John Hams that should have been in this movie. <laughs> I like that he was like John Hamm should have been in this because yes, John Hamm should be in pretty much every movie. Listen, um, I won't I won't give it a rating, but I will say to finally put the kibosh, this is unequivocally my least favorite MCU project to date. And not only is it my least favorite MCU project to date, it's one of my least favorite comic book films of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yep. And with that, I'm fucking done talking about uh, Thor fucking Ragnarok. I think that's gonna do it for us. If you enjoyed this episode, which I hope somebody did, be sure to share it with your friends and drop us a like or a comment. Follow us. (laughs) A few people who listen are gonna see this like, three fucking hours of them just bitching about this movie? It's not three hours, it's two and a half and that's gonna get parsed down with editing, but still, good god. Uh, Break. Yeah, we're gonna cut out part of my poop break. Unless you all talked about some great shit while I was gone. <laughs> we yeah, not really. Me. We were just kind of talking about what we touched on when you came back. Okay. Now you're, you're gonna want to cut that poop break. We'll see. <laughs> uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Tongue and Geek. That's at Tongue and Geek, all one word. Thank you for listening. And remember, don't throw your baby in the trash. But if throw you your copy of Thor Ragnarok in the trash. this movie on Blu-ray. Throw it in the trash. <laughs> yeah, fair. Okay, so I saw this um I saw this meme today and it was like, man, I really wish piracy was the theft that they say it is. Like I wish I could steal a movie from Disney Plus and then they don't have it anymore. Yeah. And I was like Ragnarok. Yeah. Like just so that nobody ever has to go through it again. I love those old like you wouldn't download a car. It's like the fuck I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? If we could download cars, you That's know how many problems that would solve? Thing I would do. <laughs> Wait like thirty minutes apiece, so I'm gonna pee again and then i'll be right back <laughs> okay i might be done I, that review took it out of me <laughs> I, let, I isaac got down bitching about See? the movie for so long and then he just got lost in the conversation because we were talking about a, a series of movies he has no frame of reference yeah, for. Yeah, it was a weird if ending you for me. the amount of good feelings that that franchise brings like I'm, it might make sense i'm glad it brought you all some joy there towards the end i'm just sitting here like okay well i'm dead tired from 
getting Ragnarok out, and now I'm just listening to them yep. talk about something I have no context for. See, and I think the catch-22 is that it was easier for us to get through Ragnarok by watching it together, mm-hmm. but I think by watching it together and having to experience it with more than just our one self, it really... Yeah. We, we, like, really, it amplifies, like, oh, shit, like, yeah, this is not good. Mm-hmm. So it's like we had to double live it. We had to live it twice. I just can't wait to see our what... conversation while we were watching it, so, like, yeah, we'll see how it comes out. I think there's gonna be some good nuggets in here, but, like, there's yeah. definitely an energy to this one that I don't okay. want to repeat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel, Anger I feel the same way. depression, yes, but to be fair, Shadow said she loves Ragnarok, like, it's one of her favorite Marvel movies, and uh-huh. she's like, I just genuinely want to know, like, what you guys don't like, because everyone I know... <laughs> she's gonna know! Like, because everyone in my life likes it, so I want to know what it is you guys don't like, and I'm like, well, you're for sure gonna get, like, six hours of that, yeah. so... You know, so at least we have given her what yet. she wanted. I haven't stopped yes. recording yet, so this is my... Okay. make the final cut anyway. <laughs> She gonna learn today. Yeah. <laughs> She'll uh, get to hear. I remember when I worked at the movie theater. We, I got to sit in on Infinity War when it came out, and mm-hmm. I was there with like the other people who sat in and watched it. And like after all of it, I was like, "Oh man, that was amazing." That was like I never expected them to go that far. What did you all think? And like one of them looked at me and was like, "I really didn't like it that much." I'm like, "Oh no, why not?" And he's like, "I don't know. It's just it was no. It wasn't like a Thor Ragnarok." And I just immediately was like. <laughs> just the, 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 the palm just fell over you just yeah. there is an intrinsic difference between me and this person <laughs> there is a mountain between us that will never be climbed <laughs> uh, and you just you judged that person i did harshly. i was i was it was a harsh low moment for me but i did do that uh. If you, since I'm still recording and I haven't stopped yet, if you like, we didn't say this, but if you like Thor Ragnarok, I guess we did say this. Good for no, you. No, we did say this. Yeah. Good for you. I'm happy for you. I don't think you're dumb for liking it. I don't. Neither do I. I just. No. I wish I knew why. Because every explanation I see online is just it doesn't. It's very shallow. It's just always like people say it's funny or it's great action or something like that, and it's like. They never get into the depths of like what makes it good that they love, and I can't, I can't. It's feel funny it. is about all I get. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Oh <sighs> boy, we're done. Still, though. We're I goddamn I done with Ragnarok. Never talking yeah. about that fucking shit again. I'm hitting stop. Yay.